Hey, Feral Audio consumer, did you know Feral Audio's got a new survey? Hey, I am a Feral Audio consumer, even though you're not talking about that, and I didn't know that. I am talking about that. Man, we're on a mission to get to know our listeners a little better, and that means you. So basically, these surveys, they kind of help us get information about what you like, right? I guess so. Your participation in these surveys it, uh, makes a difference for everyone making podcasts at Feral. It's a super easy way to support the shows you love. Um, so we appreciate you helping out. I mean, I'll say I don't, I, I, but that's just me. I don't like the idea of, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mind the idea of a survey. Right. Please feel free to let someone at Farrell know that you wish I lost weight. I, you can seriously in advance go fuck yourself. Not, I don't think these are the survey questions. Okay. No, no I, I imagine it's more like, who are you? Like, like what if we find out that there's like, you know, a bunch of asexual listeners, you know, and right. that, and that the, they in particular don't have, uh, uh, they don't feel feel like they have a their point of view represented like the great thing about podcasting networks is like it's very low overhead to create a podcast so this survey is a great first step to to, to help us build a better feral audio that that includes like if representation is your jam or it just like your interests you know are you, right uh, are you into football would you never for instance ever buy a football app if it was advertised to you, is that not helpful to you? Right, right. We can we can tailor make connections between audiences and, right. and, and, and the advertising. This survey is going to exactly help out those kinds of issues because we don't know you don't like football. Um, you can find the survey at feralaudio.com slash survey. That's feralaudio.com slash survey. You're helping yourselves. The Feral Audio, the Feral Audio survey. You'll float too. <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie my name is robert patrick i play gary tyson that's gary tyson with an i in the film last rampage Evil broke loose in 1978, Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a, a fictional character. It, it was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the the things that you were drawn on. Of course, I, I, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know, get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But, I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story. Like, there, there, you know, the, the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised... Uh, during the Great Depression. See, that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it. How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know, how do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And and the the the, the link that he was willing to uh, uh, go to. 
to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was, it was fascinating to me. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. start where you know it's our new home as you can uh, if you're if you're here for the third time you see there's an evolution taking place you should be honored to be part of it <laughs> you should be honored to be waiting for things why is why is he still looking at his at his phone if the if there's an evolution why can't he because because the future hasn't happened i don't have a fucking yeah you should put your phone notes on the screen behind you well the, then the people can just see exactly okay It'll speed things up. What have I done? Yeah. I mean, this isn't really what I... Okay. It's a bit of a nature video right now. I mean, I don't even know... You don't even know... Okay. No, this is stupid. Let me, let me, let me just... <laughs> it doesn't matter, because I'm not going to talk that much, and then I'm going to bring up... Because we have a, we have a, a, a show chock full of entertainment and... You guys are so lucky to be here, and you're yeah, you're you're applauding your own good fortune. That's that, a great that thing sense. to applaud. No, that's yeah, what, that's what people should applaud. Like, like, I mean, gone are the days when you would applaud the entertainment itself. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, now you just applaud your own privilege. You just go like, we're we are lucky to be here. I was told that by the fake news. Uh, uh, so, all right. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. All right. Well, let me just try to blow through some stuff that doesn't that deserves more than being blown through. I'm I'm drunk. I I I I, I came up drunk. I usually get drunk during the show. I because I was with my friend Joel Hodgson who was celebrating with his Kickstarter supporters uh, the uh, Mystery Science Theater accomplishment that happened on Kickstarter. Uh, so many funny people attached. And I was I was I was dragged out and whored off to uh, 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 no offense to whores I I, I I was just I was I was uh, but I had a great time because you're just surrounded with people you know I was like what I got to hold court that's what they call it I held court right talking to people that have no choice but to stop talking when I interrupt them <laughs> oh I, I'm interested in this video game yeah here's the thing about video games and then okay Dan's talking I thought this game's better than this one well you're you're a fat rich windbag so I guess that's true uh but we talked yeah we talked about so much stuff that I like I feel like I don't really have much show in me so I think we'll we'll, we'll try to get it uh get 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 but I, I okay here's the yeah, thing yeah here we go 
Here we go. God damn so it. So we weren't here last week because I went on vacation. It was my girlfriend's birthday. I went to Tulum, Mexico, the most amazing place in the world. Uh, it doesn't need my help. It's, it's already beautiful. It, uh, it's monetized. Uh, it's fine. But uh, it's, it's gorgeous there. And I just, I, you know, I got high on the beach and, I was, and, and Cody went to get a drink. And I, 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 here's, what, here's what happened to me. Here's why I'm now going to be a perfect person. It, 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 first of all, it all starts with Trump because we're, we're all feeling the same thing, which is that we, we're all now living in a new space where we're like, no wrong answers. Like, 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 like we're, we're, which is not, a, not a, just a glib thing to say. It's like, it's true that like, we were living in a world where we were wondering if we were drinking too much coffee or if we were saving enough for our retirement or if our mortgage payments meant this or should I have kids or should I not have kids? What's my favorite color? And then a rapist Nazi became president and, we, and, 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 and he did it by tweeting horrible things. He didn't do it by tricking anyone. He just went like, I'm a rapist Nazi. And everyone went, well, sometimes that's better than a woman. Yay! <laughs> And, 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 and our nightmare just marched forward, and all of the walls came down, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, and I'm not saying we needed that to happen, but I am saying that at least we can find the positivity in that when it's like, when your paradigm shatters, you are on the verge of new epiphanies that don't have to do with how much coffee you're drinking. You are now, you have no choice now but to get up every morning and think about God and whether he exists, whether he's a she, like, like, like you, you, you're, you, you're out of shit. You, you're an idiot if you're thinking about coffee. There's a fucking Nazi in the White House. Um, you're th- you, you, now you have to. Th- so, 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 so. Anyways, so, 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 <laughs> is he is he affecting it now? Is he affecting the the thing? Uh, no, he's not. He's he has a problem. He can't speak. He's not a professional entertainer. <sighs> he gets wound up. I'm, I was on a daybed overlooking the beautiful Tulum Ocean. I got high. I, C- Cody went to go get drinks. And I started going, doing this thing that I do when I'm happy, which is I go back over my life and I torture myself. Like, I, I, got, it, it, we, I don't think this is just a Midwest thing, but it's like, it's like you just, you, you, it, there's such a fine line between gratitude and I'm about to get cancer. Like, like, like because you, you, gratitude means I have it so good. Oh, I should really appreciate how good I have it. That's, to me, being from Wisconsin, that is identical to saying I'm about to get cancer. <laughs> so, I, and, and it's also identical to saying like, oh, I don't deserve this because I've been such a piece of shit. And so I'm just sitting there looking over the ocean and I'm going back over my life because my girlfriend's gone and I can't hold her hand anymore and I can't be distracted by these things that like slow me down as my therapist says, run on your engine, not on the pistons. So I start running on the pistons. And I'm going back over my life. And I'm going, well, why did Sarah Silverman fire you? Well, because you're a fucking idiot. Because you did this. Why did, why, did you, why did you do that with Chevy Chase? We're like, why, did you, why, why did you get fired from community? Why, did you, why, why, why couldn't you just tow the line at Kung Fu Panda? Like, what? How many times have we all said that? If, for most people, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's code for. And so, like, you know, normally that's an exercise of just like, you're, oh, you're out of the moment, you're fucked up, you're now you were happy, so you went back through your life, and now you're torturing yourself. But I followed through on it, and I was like, okay, so there's a version of me that didn't get fired, season four, Community. There's a version of me that 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 didn't fuck up, that knew better 
on the Sarah Silverman show, there's a, be- there's a version of me that was like, knew while working on Kung Fu Panda that no one cares about story structure. There's a, there's a, they, they, don't, they don't know that if a panda is born entitled to win, that that makes him a villain. It doesn't matter. I made different choices. I chose to, I chose a la- I swiped a laminate at DreamWorks Animation and went to work every day and went, you know your movie's shitty, right? <laughs> And they kept going like, well, it's probably gonna be pretty good. And I kept going, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. So anyways, I, I, suffice to say, I, I have regrets. Like I, I could have, I could have, I could have, I could have serviced the fans better. Like season four of Community, if I just, if I hadn't had a fucking meltdown, if I hadn't taken myself so seriously. So I'm going over all of these decisions every fucking moment. But here's what happens. I go, so I go, okay, so there's that version of me, there's that version of me, there's that version of me. So that guy's got more money. That guy's working on a better show. That guy transitioned. He's a woman now. You're welcome. Uh, like, 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 whatever. Like, 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 all of the choices I could have made. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so all of you guys, like, I, I, like what, what do you want? What would your, what would your, what, do you, what are you going for? One of you has a Tesla. One of you has Spielberg on your Rolodex. There was these things called Rolodexes. What do all of you want? And then I was like, I think all of them want to be on a beach in Tulum. Boom. And then my girlfriend came in and I was like, holy shit, that's my girlfriend. All of us, and I was like, whoa, oh. And I was like, oh, it is a simulation. It's a simulation. I'm in a cut scene. Because it's a sandbox open world game but then there's a braiding point because it doesn't matter what you do in a good game, you come to a point where the designers said, yeah, but then you end up at this specific point where you sit on a beach and you go, this is who I am. And, and, and it, 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 the, the women know this is sliding doors that I'm describing. <sighs> maybe, not, maybe, maybe not the women in our audience. I, 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 but, but, but that's what I'm saying. It was an epiphany. I don't care if you understand it. <laughs> There's no way to react to an epiphany uh, that, 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 that registers to me as I nailed my epiphany. I, I, I'm just sharing it with... I, you were saying that you had so much fucking fun, you had some broke flashbacks. I, 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 to when well, life yeah. was rough. Well, that's also too. Well, no, I, see, here's what you know. I am broke right now, or I was broke for a little bit. Like, my checking balance was so low that I was, like, like feeling middle class. Uh, Ooh, disgusting. Not one, but two of my assistants had to take me aside and warn me that my checking account balance was so low. I was. Do you just, know how I that was, feels? I was just trying to. I was trying to mitigate Steve a little bit. They don't do that unless they're worried they're not gonna get paid. <laughs> I was like, why did you take me aside? And they're like, because you were in front of the electronics guy who's like installing shit in your house and he might stop. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever. And then a check came in. I, I, let's not get distracted. I, 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 like, here's the thing. But it's not the thing. I'm tired of saying here's the thing. I don't know the thing. I, it, it, like, I, I'm... Ugh. Like, okay, so, like, like, if you, here's what I realized. 
I started going, okay, so let's say Elon Musk is right, and it's an, uh, I know it's not his idea, but that we're a simulation. So we're playing a game. Okay, so all games are based on deprivation of something. Like you spin a kid around, oh, they don't know how to stand. Wouldn't it be funny if they pinned a tail on something? <laughs> you, no, there's no party game where you give the kid a tail and the, the, a donkey with a tail slot, and you go like, well, good, so you're, you're not an idiot. We, we purposely deprive people of things. We put boxes on our heads and we watch each other in turn like flounder around. So if, 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 if life is a simulation, like what if it's a party game? What if we're each taking turns? And what if, what if, what if, knock it off, you piece of shit. You fucking impoverished piece of garbage, you. What did I do wrong to let you in here? Uh, see, I, I lost it. In those moments when you... Video game. Yes, thank you. (laughs) When you're sad, when you're in love, when you've been dumped, when you're angry, when you're feeling racist, when you're feeling angry, when you're... (laughs) When you're too tall, when you're too short, when when you're having these heightened experiences, if you imagine that it's a bit... How, how, how can I imagine that my crippling pain is a bit, Dan? My health care just got uh, 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 gutted. Uh, well, okay, I'll get to you in a second. <laughs> there are people, if you imagine philosophically, and this is something that even an atheist can imagine without violating your atheism, because it's not an actual religion, it's just a philosophy. Just imagine a party full of people watching you with a box on your head going, look at him, look at him go. <laughs> Oh shit, he's on to us, he's on to it. Like when you look into the eyes of your lover and you go like, this is where I, this is, this is it. This is where I'm meant to be. And then they go like, oh! But they're also not mad at you for blowing it. Like if you're just jerking off and playing Minecraft for three days, they're, they're not like, he's losing. Like it's, there's no wrong way to do it. It's like one of those, like it's a party game. <sighs> I just wanted to get that out. I don't care. You're too dumb to get it. <laughs> That's not true. I'm it's just, like Roy and Rick and Morty. Yeah. It's exactly like that. <laughs> no, I know, I know it's not a new concept or it's not something that we haven't explored already. I'm just saying, I'm, I, I, the, the emotional epiphany is just the imagination that like, it's, it, instead of Rick watching you play Roy, what if it was like people you loved? What if every time I look at Spencer, like either Spencer's an AI that's like designed to pull certain behaviors out of me yeah. or Spencer is like represents an octopus Spencer that's like like part of my species but in either case like I can look at Spencer and go like I get it like it's just a we're just fucking around and then you just you can hear like a choir of octopus angels going yay <sighs> I don't know I, I give up I give up we have a lot of show. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll fi- you'll figure it out. Don't uh, no. No, yeah, yeah. This no. Mother- yes. Oh yeah. You deserve you deserve it because you literally went away, came back so happy. You didn't even know what the fuck to talk about. I That's had a awesome. Good, I had a good vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Don't patronize yeah. me. And that is all right. You ain't got to feel bad about that. <laughs> I saw Get Out. Awesome! Yeah. It was good. It's a pretty good movie. 
All right, we got a lot of shows, so let's just. <laughs> no, it was a really good movie. We were just talking about it over there while we were waiting to come on, so I'm all talked out about Get Out. But uh, you've already seen it, so. Um, <clears throat> Our next guest. Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 created Mystery Science Theater 3000. Joel Hodgson is here. Hi, Joel. Sorry, I... Sorry. Hey, y'all. Okay, take me up, Dan. Sorry I took so long. That's okay. Show me what you're seeing tonight. Let's go. What? What do you mean? What's going on in your heart? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wait, you just did that. Uh, yeah, I did. You did that, okay. Yeah, so, uh, I, know, I mean, the, the reason we were together tonight is because you've recently uh, resurrected MST. Uh, Thank you. And you did it through crowdfunding, and uh, what is it on, Netflix? What's the... It's on Netflix, yeah. Uh, there's 14 new mystery science theaters. Right and they're now. all just dumped out there? You can just watch they're them right. All? Yeah, they came out like three or four weeks ago. All right. I didn't feel like... I don't think any of my jokes got used. Yeah. Reptiliberry Cherrysaurus is yours. <laughs> yeah. Mm, uh, that doesn't sound like my voice. So. <laughs> I, I did like a lot of I funny. Honestly, I honestly deliberately didn't look at who yeah. wrote what, so right. I didn't want to get into this. Well, it was, it was, as long as the fans are happy. I, I think so. It meant a lot that you got involved, man. It got a lot of press. Um, you were really like, like, like. I don't know who would really know this. I don't know if you know this. Like when I moved from Milwaukee to Los Angeles, even before I did, because we met at Comic Con, not like when I was selling comic books. Uh, you were a person that I recognized from television that Shrab and I, therefore, when we, you were so nice to us, treated us like equals, uh, and therefore, when we moved to L.A., we had your number and we're hanging out with you, and you were still treating us like equals and kind of mentoring us because we were from the Midwest moving to this weird city and industry, and you were also from the Midwest and had been there a little longer, and were like truly like I, the stuff that you told us, like it probably like definitely helped a lot. <laughs> like Thanks. like, wow. but, but like like just the idea of like everyone out here is a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait and a you minute, really you're gotta doing accept that. <laughs> <laughs> like see, like the the secret to happiness is like the day you wake up and you're like holy shit, everyone's fucking dumb. <laughs> You might be embellishing there. I'm not sure. But yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that lesson. Uh, well, you guys were adorable, man. When I met you in Schraub, I just, uh, you know, had to be friends. You guys were great. Um, I got just as much from you guys as you got from me. Uh, what, what, like, like, like I, I want to talk about crowdfunding because you just did this thing. And we, we, we did crowdfunding with Anomaly, so we worked with Kickstarter. There's actually, you, you have a friend here who, like, we, we, he's more qualified to talk about it. And uh, yeah. could we do a Kickstarter for me to remember his name? <laughs> his name is Ivan Asquith. And Let's bring him yeah, up. Before we do, I want to just kind of prep the audience for him. He's kind of, he has a mole on his forehead that's like yeah, the size of a basketball. don't look at it. If you look at it, he flips out. It's not fun. That's why he um, got into Kickstarter. But, but um, Ivan has so much to do with the success of our Kickstarter. I worked with him every day on it, and 
We, he really uh, helped me so much in understanding how to work with a, you know, we had 50,000 backers and we gave them updates almost on a weekly level. And he was, we worked, collaborated together in how to talk to them and how to keep them abreast of what we were working on with MST. And uh, he's just probably, he's writing the book on how to do this. He's an expert on it. and he's, Aside from doing our Kickstarter campaign, he's responsible for all the other top Kickstarter campaigns like uh, Veronica Mars and Rating Rainbow and Super Troopers too. So he's really an expert at it. So it's Ivan Asquith. You want to come Bring on up, up, Ivan? Now. See, I'm doing it Carson style, where I move down <laughs> and then he moves over. <laughs> You told them about the mole on my yeah, forehead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's weird. Go ahead. Just flash it. Yeah. Oh, no. I just think oh. it's... <laughs> There's no mole, you idiots. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it unavoidably sounds like a weird keynote, like we're at, we're, we're at some Silicon Valley company now, like, like, like introducing you because you didn't create Batman or like design the rainbow and reading rainbow, but you've... You you figured out in a in an emerging age you're a piece of shit. Um, you you're 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 you you spon you're a spontaneously evolved person in a new food chain that hasn't had time to become old, which is like crowdfunding. There's a tightrope here. Uh, we did a we did a Kickstarter with Anomalisa, and I'll be the first to admit we didn't know what we were doing. We fucked up in a lot of ways. Like you need to update and all this stuff, but like. How much are you allowed to talk about the Zach Braff thing? Not to not to not to throw him under the bus and shit on him, but to talk about him as like a milestone of like crowdfunding where the consciousness had to change. You know what? I think it's easier to just get him to talk about his worldview, like how he looks at it, rather than using. Joel's going to take all Braff. my questions for me. Yeah, but I just I, I want you to do that, and then you can come back around to it if you want to. I just. I can come. I what can I come easiest, back around to? I think it's, a, it's the Zach Brown. Oh thing. no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Look. Okay. Look. Yeah. Pretend I never said anything. Yeah. But if I didn't say anything, it's not like you just start talking. You you have to be. Yeah. Something has to be said to you. He can start would, talking at the drop of a hat. Believe me. What's that? He can talk at the drop of a hat. He's ready. Let's go ahead to go. and get that started. Is this weird for anybody else? <laughs> just me. I guess we'll start with Zach Braff, and then we'll work our way back around. Okay. No, don't, don't, no. I'm kidding. We're going to come around to Zach Braff. So in like 1960, Zach Braff was born. Awesome. I think we've covered that. Now let's just see what you do. Joel's theory is that it's okay for you to just start talking about your worldview. And I'd like you to do that just to prove him wrong. <laughs> You'd like me to do it to prove him wrong or right? Well, no, don't, prove him right. Oh, right. Make that your goal. My, some... My speculation is you will prove him wrong. Uh, my worldview or my worldview? Just start talking world about view. your worldview. Yeah, explain your worldview. Explain your worldview. Your world That's how all good interviews start. So in the beginning, there was Dan Harmon. <laughs> is that what I, I'm supposed to... That's your worldview? He told me at, he told me at dinner that he's a how monotheistic How does that relate guy. to the Zach Braff thing? Uh... Yeah, get, well, the get the Zach now you want me to talk out of the way, because it's really fucking up Dan. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so what was the question? <laughs> worldview. Worldview. What's just, Zach Braff's worldview? What's no. your worldview? Uh, that's, a, that's a big question. Well, it is. Yeah, okay, well then let me... Joel was wrong. Is that what you want me to say? Yes. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Joel was wrong. Here's Kickstarter. Uh, uh -huh. Give me money so I can make something. Nope. Uh, right. <laughs> so explain the new, the, what the, what's the nuance that we learned there? 
So the, I think the big misconception on Kickstarter is that people are giving money because they want to do somebody a favor, and it's not. Usually, if, if it's going well, people feel like you're doing them a favor by making this thing possible that they want. Like, I think, I, so I had a conversation with Zach Braff's team when they were in the middle of their campaign. I had a, okay. a much weirder conversation with Mike Lee's team. Well, that's he interesting. Was, you talked to Zach Braff's people. Yeah. That, well, I, 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 I <laughs> it, it was. We talked about my worldview, mostly. <laughs> uh, so you can ask him what it is if you ever have him on. Um, no, I mean, I, I think the, you know, Zach, I was telling you just before we came up that maybe his fault, maybe not, but Zach Braff's campaign is kind of like the cautionary tale for people now, not just because he was like one of the first people to come on. And he came just after Veronica Mars, which was a weird moment for everybody because Kickstarter is kind of seen as this space where like people who have no resources can suddenly make a good pitch to everybody and see if they want to give them some resources. Right. And instead, Veronica Mars is this thing owned by Warner Brothers who have a decent number of resources, right. usually. Uh, and people were like, why the fuck is Kickstarter asking, or why is Warner Brothers asking people to give money for this thing that they could easily fund? Right. So right after that succeeded, Zach Braff was kind of like next out the gate. And the problem was he didn't have a very good explanation, in most people's opinion, for why he was asking for money when it was really clear on like Scrubs fuck you money that he could have just funded the entire thing himself on one episode salary, or at least that was what everybody thought. Uh, and it, it got worse after he actually got the money. Like he got what he was looking for. Uh, and then it started getting worse for him because the main argument for why he wanted money was he wanted creative freedom. And people were like, but you have your own money. That is creative freedom. Uh, and he used everybody else's money. But then, as I, I, was, I was telling you, the thing started to go sour when the first update that he sent everybody, you know, to tell them how much he appreciated the money that he really needed from them, was on a GoPro video shot on the back of his jet ski. Right. Um, with like a cool hip indie soundtrack. <laughs> um, I'm not even kidding. Uh, and then the second one was a little better. It was a GoPro from the back of a motorcycle. Um, still not kidding. Uh, but, you know, and, and I think the, the kind of really bad moment for him was that he, I think he thought of it just like every other project he had gotten funded. He's like, I have the money now. Now it's my thing. I do what I want with it. Right. And there wasn't necessarily a clear sense that he owed all these people who the, had given that you know, basically five, what you're doing is you're breaking up the five people who normally uh, are paid by a corporation these fat cats you're breaking them up into possibly hundreds of thousands of people and that collectively they're now your Weinstein you actually work for them and you owe them these updates and these yeah, deadlines or at least you, you owe it That's to them to we not take understand. them for granted is like the problem yeah. right like I think people don't necessarily it's misleading to think that people mostly care about the rewards what they mostly care about is not being treated like they're a nuisance to you after they made this thing possible. Right. So in his case, the like really bad moment was at Sundance when Wish I Was Here uh, premiered. And not only were his backers not given a heads up that it was going to be premiering, but I think the New York Times got a photo of one of his backers who had given a couple thousand dollars standing in front of the theater because they hadn't been able to get a ticket, holding up a cardboard sign like a homeless person saying... Backer from Kickstarter will pay for tickets to my own movie. Uh -huh. And yeah, it didn't go over well. I'm sure there's, there's probably people in this audience with some, there's gotta be with, with Anomalisa. You, were, you actually took over for Anomalisa. We, we got called Wait, at the can tail. We, uh, can we talk about his worldview now? <laughs> okay. I'll just get that out of the way. All right, but I'm telling I'm you, kidding. while you were in the bathroom, I checked in on his worldview. He is so racist. <laughs> The yeah, but I saw, I saw Get Out. <laughs> He's one of the new racists. Uh, it's like a 90s band. Yeah. The, uh, 
But you, th- that's the interesting thing about you is it, you, by the way, you don't work for Kickstarter. No. You're, you're, you're kind of a freelancer. That's what's interesting to me is that uh, uh, that's the healthy part of capitalism is that crowdsourcing popped up, which is vastly superior in my opinion. Forget about ethics and karma and like, oh, give the people their TV and movies. It's just more efficient to yeah. say to uh, people, hey, I'm thinking of making a Knight Rider reboot. Um, it, it, uh, I, I need $5 million to do what I have in mind. Um, if enough people, and only if enough people, are so interested in it that right. they can pledge the money in advance to see it, then I can make it. And, 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 well, this and is, I mean, that's the amazing thing about the studio system, right? Like, everyone racks their brains and worries about getting fired because they're like, how do we figure out what the audience likes? Nobody yeah. knows what the audience likes, except, of course, the audience, if you just ask them. Right. Um, Which you now can with the, by clicking it. And, and, right, you can yeah, find out whether it's, anybody it's, would want to show up for the thing that you want to make. And if they don't, you don't have to waste your time on it. I mean, this is what you were saying you know, before uh, earlier this evening is, it's nice. It's not that you're begging people for money, which is what some people think it is. Uh, it's that you're finding out before you put two years of your life into doing a new project whether anybody gives a fuck about that project. Right. It's also good creatively, too, because you have to billboard a few ideas. So I think it, it's actually helped me kind of like put forward what are the new things in MST or what, what can I show you about it right. that's kind of an innovation or a feature. Well, because we're kind of so. spoiled. We do, we, we're coming from a world where like those are the suits and like it's easy for us to look at them as mommy and daddy and we're creative and if only I could have, if, if you would just let me stop doing math homework and start uh, doing this thing that I really want to do, then I'd do it. But the truth is, yeah, no one wants to write an outline. No one wants to figure out what the fuck you're going to do. And it's, it, it is, that, that, that I, that's, I didn't want to throw Braff under the bus. No. I wanted to use him as a. He made some pretty honest I th- mistakes. I, I mean, think, I think that, that was an interesting thing that we went through all those years ago, where, where it was like, oh, Kickstarter started, and it was like, oh, this guy doesn't have a finger, and he wants to come up with a prosthetic finger that all the prosthetic companies won't allow him to make. Can I have money? And it was easy to think of it as like, oh, that's what crowdfunding is. It's us revolting against the system and funding things that couldn't exist otherwise. And see, that's that's exa- if you want like the closest thing I have to a worldview because I, I don't have a worldview. Um, but I have a view Just on. Just say like, it's your worldview and let's move so on. So my worldview is basically that like. In this space, the thing that interests me about it is not the money. Like, the money's the least interesting part of crowdfunding, and I get kind of, like, itchy and pissed off when people are like, oh, that guy's a crowdfunding guru, which is what Joel now makes a point of telling everybody when he introduces me to them. Because to me, the, like, the money isn't the interesting part. The, the fact that the crowd at large has the chance to say, this is what we want and we're tired of people ignoring us when we say we'd rather, you know, it's the, it's the Futurama meme, like shut up and take my money. Yeah, well, because the, 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 the people that, uh, capitalism and populism, are, it's not like they're removed from each other. It's not like people that want to make money are constantly going, oh, what all those people want is so disgusting to me. They use it, they throw it in the face of people. They go, well, the people wanted it. So it's like, just connect those wires, whatever. Why am I explaining this to a nation of people that already know? All right. Um, um, the, 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 so your worldview is basically like I, I know you voted for Trump. You explained to me um, it's part of being a racist. Uh, <laughs> we should. We have cards that instruct us. We we have, we have limited chairs. Is there anything that because I want to bring up our, uh, our actual I, I, guests? Yeah. I, I want I want Joel to stay because I value his uh, his disruption. Uh, 
uh, the, 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 but, but you I'm going to trade for other yeah, people. Fine. So I... <laughs> it's, it's okay. He, he can take it. It's a simulation, so it yeah, totally It works. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It. You and I will talk when you're ready for six I seasons in a movie. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> uh, oh, shit. Yeah, see, that, well, okay, so, so there's a thing I can't, that's the thing, after, in a post-Veronica Mars world, like, like, I feel, sometimes I feel no, like... No, I'm not getting off the stage. I, 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 well, I, feel, I, yeah, I do yeah, feel yeah. like people go, they're, they're going, like, how come Dan doesn't love community? How come he doesn't want to help us out? Because if he did, wouldn't he just jump on the internet and say, who wants to pay me a dollar, a ticket, I need $40 million to make the community movie, and all this stuff, it's like... I, 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 the, like the, I, I, can you tell me why I'm not doing that? <laughs> In a way that will make some people like feel less like I, it's, it's like a symptom I mean, of I, me I, not liking. I could the, guess a bunch of different reasons and I can tell you like why Joss Whedon doesn't do it with Firefly, which is the other one besides you that people keep asking for. And that's that just because the possibility is there doesn't mean that it's necessarily what you want to do with the next chunk of your life or it doesn't mean that there's a story you want to tell just because people want a story told. Like, if you had an idea, and you had no other way to do it, and you were itching to tell that story, then maybe you'd be looking at it. But right. to do it just because it's what people are clamoring for doesn't mean that you're going to get excited enough. So to you're saying the right. reason there's not a community movie is because Dan doesn't like community. <laughs> that's pretty... That's, that's my worldview. I heard it's because I'm like Joss Whedon. That's what I heard. <laughs> I feel like you... Your simulation is glitching. Oh, no. Um, uh, I didn't get, raise any money to remember your name. So that's I, okay. I, I, Ivan Asquith. It's still Ivan. Uh, what, what, what is it? Ivan. Asquith. Ivan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> mm, Russiagate. Um... <laughs> The, uh, well, so, so, but is there anything I want to honor you because you came up, stuck your neck out, and like like put up with this? So, if the, is there anything in you, from your worldview that like you want to plug anything? Let it, t tip anybody off to any any like fucking projects you you're cooking up? Any uh, is there a Night Rider series that needs that needs people to click on or any projects? Uh, that I'm allowed, I mean, I'm supposed to talk to Justin about something. Really? Oh shit. Maybe. About the fact that I'm always out of the loop on. Justin projects? I'm. I'm <laughs> no comment. What are you? What are you supposed to talk about, Justin? About what, what is he? What is he up to now? First you hold back on the Zach Braff. Now you holding back on Justin? <laughs> we want to no, know. Wait, what is Rick and Morty being deprived of that it needs to be crowdfunded? It's so. It's a, it's a fucking virtual reality project, isn't it? He's obsessed. I, I genuinely don't know what he wants to talk about. Oh, uh, he might just want to introduce you to like a porn star or something. <laughs> if there's money in it, yeah. Yeah. You gotta come over to my house. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Those pickups never end well. Mm. I never get invited anymore. Oh. It's all right. There'll still be a season four. We'll figure it out. Uh, uh, all right. Well, so, uh, so let, let's let's thank Ivan for uh, for sharing. Ivan Asquith. Okay. Dan, you smell like shit, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Why? Because I didn't use Fulton and Rourke. <laughs>
Fulton & Rourke, the men's fragrance and grooming company that specializes in solid colognes, shave, and shower products, all designed to make getting ready easier and more enjoyable? Yeah, I forgot to use them because their travel-friendly wax-based colognes go anywhere. I mean, there's nothing to break or spill, and of course, they all smell fantastic. What are you thinking? I just don't have very much respect for myself, so I forgot that their bar soap is designed to exfoliate the skin with or without a washcloth. Maybe you can exfoliate some of the dumb off of you and realize that GQ magazine just named their shave cream the very best on the market today, this very day. I, 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 I'm going to change. I'm expressing remorse and committing to change. I'm going to try it for myself at FultonandRourke.com, uh, but I just hope I can save 15% off my purchase by using the code FERAL at checkout. Well, when you do that, make sure you spell it F-U-L-T-O-N and then the word and and then R-O-A-R-K.com. I'm glad you said that because... I am a bad speller and a bad smeller. Fulton and Rourke, fix your spells and your smells. Fulton and Rourke, we're hard to spell, but you'll be easier to smell. Okay, and uh, let's uh, let, 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 let's immediately now, because I, I I've eaten into their time. Let's 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 bring up Robert Evans and Magenta Vaughn, uh, and we'll tell you. All right. Sorry, you guys. I don't know. Uh, what are I you guess apologizing I, I apologize for? too much. Yeah. For all you know, it's part of the format of the show for me to not bring you up that long. Um, all right. So, so first, let's just I'd like you to explain your worldview. <laughs> uh, it's shit except for the stuff that's not. And that stuff's all right. That's what I think wow. sometimes. <laughs> We were talking about upstairs um, to, just to skip around because I'm a bad interviewer. For you sure. just came back from the Middle East. You were in Iraq specifically? Iraq and Turkey, yeah, but mostly Iraq. Uh, so really right in the Middle East. Yeah, right in the middle. We had to cross the, the Tigris to get where we were yeah. going. Um, yeah. The part when the Middle East isn't prepared properly, it's the first place that's like cold. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nailed it. But you were talking about, like, Rick and Morty fans in, I in yeah. Iraq? Was it Iraq? That, yeah, it was, was Iraq. Um, and we yeah. were talking about the fact that somebody, somebody quoted... Well, you, you take it so that someone's talking other than me. Yeah, so we have, we've got a couple of friends out there, and one of them is this guy, IR, who's, like, 27 years old, and his day job is taking journalists from Erbil, which is a safe city in northern Iraq, to Mosul, which is the city where all the ISIS guys are. So, like, one day he'll be in college studying for his business degree, and the next day he'll be, like, taking sniper fire with the guys from Vice or the guys from The New Yorker or the guys from The New York Times or The Guardian. Like, he's worked with everybody that's done anything out there. You mean um, fake so, news? What's that? Fake news? Definitely. It sounds like fake news. Yeah. 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 Okay. He, he's where the fake news comes from. All right, gotcha. <laughs> so this guy, like... He's a, he's a perfectly normal dude. We'll talk about The Simpsons or whatever, just like Facebook. Like, he loves, like, he, he, he shot a mannequin challenge video with <laughs> members of the Iraqi army. Like, well, they were, while they were under sniper fire, like, he went up to these guys and he was like, I want, there's this thing called the mannequin challenge and I want to do it with you. And they were like, no, that's the dumbest idea in the world. But then he described it and they're like, oh, well, that's what we're supposed to do under sniper fire. <laughs> it's decidedly not. Oh, okay. Because they're like this. Yeah, they're, they're, they're standing. It was dangerous. Oh, God, um, that's awful. Can you, yeah. what, can you imagine anything more horrible than a mannequin challenge video where midway through it? I mean, we've got it. We can show it later if you want. Okay, like, but it doesn't footage. end horribly. It, no, that one doesn't end off. horribly. No. Please, uh, God, one. I want to see this. 
we're so gonna, we're gonna delineate a visual chapter of the show for our audio only uh, participants so that we can either edit it out or they can plug their eyes. Oh, um, sure. But but yeah, I just I don't want to pepper the show with a, with a ton of visuals. But yeah. but uh, uh, so all right. Well, well, so anyways, but just to finish that random thought. So when we leave, I give this guy like my copies of Rick and Morty seasons one and two, and he sends me like a Facebook message the day we gets back, and he's like. This is the show I've been waiting for all my life. This is the best thing I've ever watched. And he posts like a Rick meme to his Facebook, like Rick looking sad because he had like a tough day at school, like the next day. And one of his friends who we'd met on the trip, who also leads journalists up to the front line, immediately posted, nobody belongs anywhere. Uh, you know, that whole quote, like right. everyone's going to die. What, let's go watch TV. Right. Because if, you, if you've grown up as a kid in Iraq your entire life, like you're tuned into the same global media culture as everybody in this room. Like, we've all watched Time Cop and Commando and whatever and Community. But, like, also sometimes your friends explode because that's just, like, the nature of the world you live in. Like, IR, we'd be talking with him about, like, bullshit, and then randomly he'd mention, oh, sorry, my suspension's messed up. There was a car bomb, and I got stuck in traffic, and it blew up next to my car, so the suspension's all fucked. Like, so they're, they're perfectly set up for that kind of humor where it's like the, the, the darkness makes it feel right to them. Like they don't Yeah, and when, when I heard that, I thought that was, because that reminded me of, of a thing my therapist was talking about, which was uh, uh, she watched something, I think it was a documentary about women in war. Um, and uh, not not meaning women that put on a Kevlar vest and go out there like Vasquez and aliens, but uh, uh, in traditional cultures where the men go away and then the boys go away, and then and meanwhile there's just uh, rubble and uh, uh, need to continue as if life will continue after whatever's going on, and the psychological capacity of nurturers uh, to be like. I don't fucking care about this war. This kid needs to learn the alphabet, and he's not going to learn it, or she, uh, if uh, <laughs> the wrong place to be inclusive. Uh, uh, they're, they're not going to learn it uh, uh, if I'm so passionate about the goddamn struggle that's going on. It's like, it, 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 there's something about that. I guess I related that to the idea that when you said that, you said there's, if there's a kid somewhere where everything's blowing up, and they're quoting that line from Rick and Morty, which believe me, when I write Rick and Morty and I like, I go to that nihilistic place, I do it with difficulty because I feel like first world, I feel like I'm part of the problem and not the solution sometimes. But it's like, because it's like, like kids, kids, <laughs> kids already feel like life means nothing. Like, that's called being a kid. And, and, and so if your favorite cartoon is also saying life needs nothing, I mean, but I, I, the alternative is to say life means something and then I'd be lying. I, I, yeah. I, I can't. But it's, but, but it's just like, 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 so that line where, where, where Morty says that, I remember, I remember typing that and going like, this is like the idea that you're selling consumerism, basically. You're saying like, life means nothing. Come sit down and watch TV. I was like, ah, this feels a little shitty, but at the same time, it just feels, it's, it's like he's, he's being a good little brother. This is what she needs to hear. Otherwise, she's going to leave home. I, the, 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 but hearing that somebody who is, whose life is being torn apart would, ca would, would latch onto that line, then I go, oh, nihilism is like the baseline. Well, the truth is life means nothing. 
if, you, if you're wiping your ass with dollar bills and you say life means nothing, you're being a piece of shit. Yeah. And if you're born in a bomb crater and you say life means nothing, you're actually like centering yourself and getting through shit. Like it's not, it's not nihilism if you live with that. Like if it's a real possibility that like someone you know could die any day just because like things explode where you live and that's a normal part of life. Or if you know you're going to get shot at when you get up in the morning. Like it's not nihilism to say... Yeah, it, anyone can die at any point in time. Let's enjoy ourselves for this 22 minutes that we have that we know we're not getting shot at probably right now. Like, right. that's not nihilistic. That's like, that's like one of the most liberating things in the world is to be like, well, I know that right now while I'm watching TV, I'm probably pretty safe. I'm going to go out tomorrow and maybe die, but that's fucking in the morning. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, I'm drunk and I, look, <laughs> I, I, the thing is, what's that? <laughs> Oh, you're um, such a, uh, what does she have to say? What does she have to uh, say? We'll, we'll be right with you, sir. In the meantime, enjoy your poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's poppers? There's poppers tonight. Son of a bitch. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things I do wrong. Among them is also I don't introduce people. I don't tell them what's going on. It's like I... I, I no, it's okay. I, I, you, you, your cookie's in the mail for caring about her. I... I, I <laughs> Magenta, what's your... You got it right. Uh, so, so, so you guys, like, let's get back to the top of the interview and what I should say. Bypassing your worldview, uh, you guys just came back from the Middle East where are you the tippy-typey, you tap the things, yeah, and the are things. you photographing yeah. things? Uh -huh. And so what, how, are you guys young enough for me to ask how old you are? 29. I'm a millennial. Well, yeah, yeah. Everybody under 40 is now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, because you hear me shitting on millennials all the time. But, but, uh, I just found out I'm one. Uh, can I ask how old you are? 27. 27 and 29. Yeah. I'm 44. I, 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 like, like, so you guys, in the interest of journalism, you go to this place that, like, if you guys were, knock on wood, mm -hmm to have something horrible happen to you, like, the, the worst people in the world would be the ones to say, well, why'd they go over there? Uh, yeah. And the best people in the world would only say, oh, they went over there because they love their job. Like, like, nobody would say, well, good thing they went over there. Like, 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 so I want to know from you guys, like, because you, you're the verbal one. You're the, not to pigeonhole you guys but you're taking pictures you're writing stuff we switch now you're both journalists <laughs> you're 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 providing you're providing an, an otherwise ignorant world with an eye toward to to into 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 a part that they otherwise wouldn't see so wh why are you doing that i mean um we went over there for the first time because I'd read about this place called Kurdistan, which is a region in northern Iraq that, if you read the news stories about it, it's supposed to be really nice, really stable, really safe, really advanced attitudes for the region towards women. Like, one of the rules is in their, in their parliament, 30% of the seats have to be held by women, which is twice the representation of women in Congress in the United States, just as a heads up. Um, it sounds like they're the Dan Harmon of Middle Eastern countries. <laughs> that's, that's literally on their flag. It's a confusing flag. Um, I also force myself to include a certain amount of women in everything I do. What <laughs> percent? You're welcome. So it was one of those, like, we'd read all these reports, but they're also, like, 
you know, you never know what's true about that, especially since like there's a lot of people on the on the far right who have a lot of investment in Kurdistan, like the myth of that being real and it actually being a really nice place because it's the one area where like George Bush's plan worked out. Um, so I what, didn't know if what that exactly was real. is that real quick democracy in Iraq, a safe, nice place where people get to vote and things don't explode as much. And what are the what are the industries that people are in oil, okay. almost entirely oil. Um, it's super corrupt up there, the government, which is, might not be a great thing for when I go back to say, but like it's... it's <laughs> oh, they listen. Is, they listen safe. to this show. Yeah. Kurdistan. <laughs> Surprising number. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to make sure I don't lose something, though, because yeah. there's a point. I want to go... I want to rewind your play sure. deck to the point before you become the kind of person that wants to go to the Middle East as a journalist. And I want to like... I want to frame forward from where you go from being someone that hadn't considered that at all to being somebody that was like, I'm going to go over there. Because it's probably one of the easiest decisions in the world for even the smartest, most liberal people to be like, yeah, but then also I don't go over there. Can I, can I butt in? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, why would you eat meat? Like, you should probably Delicious. kill an animal and like know about what's going on inside your body. So like, if millions of other people are living over there, why wouldn't you go there? Wait, wait I want to make sure I know the parallel you're drawing, because it's like, 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 why... I would eat meat because it's the easiest thing to do. No, it's not. Also, like, can you eat you, the mic just a bit? Oh, yeah, Sorry. eat the mic. No offense. Definitely eat the mic. I, you should just... It's I think not you me. should be willing to do whatever, whatever you're partaking in, and if you're in the society, buying things as you are, living as you are, contributing to the whole world, being the way it is, and you're fine with millions of other people dying and living through that. Like, why don't you go check it out? Because they're doing it. So right. I know. Yeah. I. 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 I know why it's a good thing to do. I don't. So it's I, not a choice too. So though. talking to the human beings, though, like, like, where do you get to the point where you find the ability to do it? You because just go on I know I shouldn't be eating meat. I think I'd be happier if I didn't eat meat. But then I, that, then Tuesday turns into Wednesday and Thursday. But like, you like, should kill an animal and try it and just like see how that makes you feel about meat. Right. I like, should. I, I should. I should. I should. The question but, also is, what makes you brave? Like right, we, exactly. We all, That's what I'm trying to get at. We all like, feel like we have a uh, responsibility, but your responsibility is great in that you put yourself in danger and come back and tell stories. What exactly made you do that? What makes you do that? Bravery. Yeah, it's pretty it's fucking brave to go someplace where people no, are doing bombs and shit. Thing, is you're just like in an airport and you're like buying your pretzel and drinking beer and you like walk onto the runway and you're like getting drunk in the airplane and then you're with other humans and there's dangerous things going around, but like it's just you moving physically to a different part of the world. Wait, Magenta, eat the, it's, sorry, just put, put the, always, I want to make sure people hear you. Okay, I, sorry. Uh, the, the, uh, it, it be, but that's, that, this is the thing, it's like, uh, can you remember a version of you that didn't have th that altruism, that wasn't functioning on that level? Can you remember a version of you that was selfish and lazy and, and did what was easy? That's the so only version what, of me. what changed? Did you see something? Did you feel something? Did you have a dialogue with yourself? No pressure. <sighs> <laughs> but I think that the reason is because, like, I, 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 if I could just, I'll just babble and derail. But, uh, it, uh, th this is the thing. It is like... There's all these people in the world, and then you go like, oh, there's one of those, there's one of those war journalists. Ah, oh, they got the vest. <laughs> they got the camera. Ah, oh, I just came back from Kublaka Blaka. Um, 
uh, oh, what happened there? Oh, well, there was this guy, and then the wheel came off, and then there like like. But then we didn't know. We had to get blindfolded. All, all this stuff. And, and the rest of us are thinking deep down inside, we're going like, well, I'll take that information and I'll put it on my coffee mug and I'll use it to bully someone at work tomorrow because I want, to, want them to vote for someone instead of someone. But deep, 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 deep down, although none of us are soldiers, you guys, you, you guys go there figuratively and literally. It's truly a risk. And it's truly, more importantly, a risk that no one would even... It, that's what I was saying before. And so I'm just trying... Okay, one more. Let me just... I, be, the, the, the valuable thing about me nitpicking this is precisely because if you guys aren't that different from us, if you weren't born special and brave, there might be something... There might be something we could... We could think. There might be some path we could walk down where we end up like acting instead of thinking. So that's why I'm asking. I mean, I, I can say the first war zone we ever reported from was in eastern Ukraine. It was this town called Avdivka. Okay, but uh, before that, no, I'm kidding. I'm well, yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm getting to, Dan. <laughs> we want to know, did you get into a fight? And it made, what made you, <laughs> what made you suddenly say, I'm going to do a little bit more than the average person when it comes to getting facts? I didn't like cleaning up dead animals and cockroaches in mobile homes. There we go. <laughs> there we go. When you did it, though, did you do it like as a journalist? Or you're like, I'm standing over three dead bodies, <laughs> roaches, the carnage here right now. <laughs> Sorry, what, you, 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 what were you going to say, Robert? I didn't mean to. I mean, I, like, I get, there's two parts to that question. One of them is that like, it's fun. Um, like, up until someone gets horrifically injured, it's a lot of fun out there. Like, it, you're moving around, everything's going fast, you're riding around in cool vehicles, everyone's really friendly, everything's super funny. Like, anything that happens in a war zone like is <laughs> hilarious to everybody who's there. Like it's it's just like we were at one point we're at this area where like some ISIS snipers had just been shooting and they've been shooting rockets back at them and this guy is like trying to load a big rocket and he leans over and all the grenades fall off of his vest and down the berm and he's like it's like it was like a fucking like slapstick comedy moment as he's like going for all these grenades and he sees we're filming him and he's like He's, you could tell the guy felt so bad that we'd caught that moment where he looked like a badass and then he drops his grenades on camera. This brings up like, an interesting thing. I, I, my mind is scrambling because I have two big questions off of that to ask, which is... <laughs> but I think the, what, uh, the one I don't want to forget is... when So you're traveling with... Uh, Military people, always. No, uh, no, no. No? They're up at the front. You usually, so all of the war journalism, whether it's Vice or the New York Times or the New Yorker or the Guardian or the BBC, anytime you see this report from Iraq, this report from Syria, those guys got in a car with some local person whose primary qualification was speaks good English and knows someone involved in the military in some way there, and that person led them around. They're called fixers, and it's like a little cottage economy that pops up all around. I should probably plug, we're, we're raising money for a documentary about some of these guys called The Fixers. It's on Indiegogo. Sorry about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, um, so the, and these guys, they range from like literal war profiteers to where they're just like, you're just paying them $600 to drive you to a dangerous place to like actual good journalists. Like there's this great New Yorker article that the two people we worked with for this documentary helped put together where like, this guy from the New Yorker was like, I want to talk to some, I know this battle's going to start for Mosul, I want to talk to these Iraqi special forces. And they were like, well, actually, there's the SWAT team of guys that were put together because they all had someone they know killed by ISIS, 
And so it's like this huge vengeance quest for all of these guys. These are the dudes you should get embedded with. And he did, and it's a great article on The New Yorker by Luke Mogelson. Is there, so, like, like and, and it's not political, the reason I'm asking the question. It's like, it's because you guys are, you, I, I, if I had a fire person up here, did it, did, is that? <laughs> a firer. A fire lady. <laughs> Uh, if I had a firefighter up here, uh, um, which I never have, I'd be like, okay, why would you ever run into a fire? And I know I'd get some answer, like I'd feel comfortable because I've watched enough Scorsese movies and stuff that I, you know, if they were like, well, my dad was a Southie and I said, you know, you gotta fight fire, you know, and I, I'm like, <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not trivializing it or undercutting it. I'm saying like I can map that in my universe the same way that in pre-Columbian uh, Earth we could go here there's dragons um, I, I, what I've always been fascinated with this archetype where you guys like you're you're going and pointing and clicking and you're and you're writing about and you're interviewing in these places that all we know about them, and all we seem to continue to know about them, is that they're a mess, and that and that there be dragons. And so I I I I, I kind of like I don't want you to compromise your integrity uh, if if you feel like it makes you sound like a douchebag. But if you were to say to me, you know what? At the end of the day, it's just the perfect slot. Like I feel like it's just enough trouble and just low enough risk, or if you, you put it on, I'd be like, okay, I got it, I got it. It's not that. I think, okay, so this is where I think you're, and I think we're like 99% of people who haven't been to a place like that, and I think probably most people who go there as part of the military, because you only see a very limited chunk of these countries when you're doing You see like it through the eyes of, of, of someone geopolitical Exactly, strength. and you're in armored, like, even in a place like Iraq, most of the country is perfectly nice. Like, geographically, most of the country is nice. Iraqis are the kindest people to guests that you will ever meet in the world. They will, there were times when we would, be, we would be in Mosul, so we're in the most dangerous city on earth, probably. Like, there's all night you're hearing the sounds of gunfire. There's fucking, like, vehicle-based IEDs blowing up and, like, sending mushroom clouds up into the, up into the sky a mile away. And you, you drive up to where, like, just some dudes are bunked down, and their job is to pull people out of, like, collapsed buildings that got blown up in airstrikes every day. And you're like, can we crash here tonight? And they're like, of course you're staying here tonight. We're going to cook you dinner. Like, we've got all this tea on. Like, we're getting our tobacco up. Let's, let's talk and hang out all night. Like, you guys will be as safe here as you are anywhere. Like, if you spend more than, like, 20 minutes talking to anyone in their house in Iraq, they're going to invite you to stay the night. They're going to invite you to cook food for you. They're going to put out tea for you. Like, you have, to, you have to turn people down from giving you hospitality. Like, we would be talking to people who'd had family members killed in American airstrikes and who had a lot of reasons to be angry at the U.S., and they would tell it to you. They'd be like, you know, I have issues with your government, but I know that's just your politicians. You're a guest here in my home, and I'm going to take the best care of you that you've ever had taken of you. Like, it's, you don't feel, like, when people are shooting at you during those limited chunks of time, and they, they generally are pretty limited temporally, they're, they're, they're in enough supply for me to the extent that it would ever <laughs> happen. Yeah, I, yeah. A little would go a long way, but like that that part that part's like there's there's fear in that part. But the rest of the time you're not actively terrified. I'm sorry. <laughs> when, when we mentioned homelessness one night after we were thought we were finished filming the documentary, uh, IR, the guy that we're one of the guys we're doing it on, he didn't understand the concept of homelessness. Right. And that just blew my mind. Yeah, we're we're talking with all these guys <laughs> whose job again is to pull people out of like burning buildings and whatnot. 
And like none of these guys have been paid in two and a half years because they're all civil employees of the city that got taken over by ISIS. So they spent two and a half years living under ISIS control. The city got liberated. And now they're doing the same job for the Iraqi government, but they're still not getting paid because the government hasn't reactivated their paychecks. And we get onto the subject of homelessness in Los Angeles. And he's like, wait, go back. What homeless, do you mean homeless people? Like, what is that? Like they have less home? Yeah. You know, <laughs> he could, he, we had to explain it. Right. Where are their that families? Makes, I mean, now that you say that, yeah. that is blowing my mind. It also makes sense because you... You're like, wait, where else but a totally entrenched capitalistic like, yeah. first world empire would you would would you go? Oh, no home. What did yeah. he do wrong? Uh, yeah. uh, it's, all right. It's, uh, it, it, but is that God? I don't mean to keep nagging you about this, no, but is that why? Is that it's, it's, is, is it like here's it here here? Let me pitch you something. Say yes or no. It's you, you, you do it because you get the satisfaction of knowing that you've, you've taken the, the, the more Keanu pill from the Matrix than the Pantelianos pill. I can't remember which color is which, but that is, I don't even I know, know one who, hates who women. Is and one, uh, the, 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 see, well, that's the thing. Like you're out there, and there's sand in your head, and you're like, like I'm like, what about the Matrix? Um, <laughs> I, is is that part of it? Is that is it is it like like God kind of like man? I live try. in fucking reality, man. Like you're like a weird drone, you know, uh, normal person, and like aren't like, you like a weird drone? Yes. No, me. I'm saying I'm saying he is is that part of the satisfaction of, of being like, yeah, I want to breathe free air i.e. real air i don't want to i don't want to be like the actor joe pantoliano who you should really uh, google and appreciate uh in the matrix he's the, he's the judas steak. character who's like give me the steak yeah, give me okay. the you know not a new myth but it was modernized so i use that to connect with the kids also I mean, we kind of think that we're good at adventure and so maybe we have a little bit of ego there like we think that we can get a little bit deeper than the journalist next to us and so that's kind of a fun There's challenge. There's a competitive aspect to it. I want to ask that really difficult yeah. question no, that I don't think I would ever ask, I have the balls to ask a soldier because I feel like I would be I would actually almost be somehow spiritually offensive. Well, I, no, was that question but, that but do you guys feel like you're like karmically like no, like, not at all. Like, 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 like you, like you get, like, like, like you got a little bubble around you. Like you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a hobbit and not an elf. Like, like. No, we bought, we bought medical kits. Like, like, like. We well, I'll just, kits. I'll just kind of, you know, I'm more important and like, not no. more important, but more like detached. Like, 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 like when R2 and C3PO are walking through the spaceship in the beginning of the original Star Wars. You should look at that up too. It's. I've seen the original Star okay, Wars. Well, I don't know 19. what to believe anymore. <laughs> Uh, but, there, but but it's like no no one shoots a droid. Why would you? You know yeah. the answer is because one of them holds the fucking hope. Is that is that like part of the journalist like 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 fetish? Maybe no. I don't like for me. I, it, it's uh, like a like I, I've always liked to travel and stuff, and I like that feeling of like getting an idea of how like tiny you are. And it's also like extreme experiences are interesting and there's nothing more extreme than that experience. There's nothing more extreme than like being in it. Like it looks like, like Mosul right now looks like you see these movies, like World War II movies of Stalingrad and stuff. Like uh, what was the, 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 the one about the, the sniper in there? I don't know. Enemy at the Gates. Enemy at the Gates. 
Like it, lo like it looks like that. So you're seeing all this stuff that like you never would have imagined seeing with your own eyes, and it's so shocking and weird and fascinating. And as like a journalist, like my whole the whole thing that motivates me is talking to people with more interesting stories than me. And so that kind of place, like you, any single person you just walk up to and start talking to, they have experiences you can't imagine. They've seen things that I can't even comprehend. They have uh, they have a thousand experiences to tell me. So like normally working like when I'm at the Republican National Convention or the Democratic Convention, like. Doing, like you walk up to people and most people don't have anything interesting to say and the people that do have like two interesting sentences. Like you go to a place like that, everybody you talk to has a thousand fascinating things to say. And I would imagine, I don't want to take, but it's, it's the same way with pictures there too. Like anywhere you turn. That was the, I was absolutely going to go there. Oh, here's a, yeah, here's a concrete example. You're holding up a can. You guys showed me these cans. This is just in the department of oh, if boy. you go far enough in the world, there's shit you won't believe, which is so, they sell cans of liquor. This is canned whiskey. It's not, it's not a mixed drink. Like, it's not, it's not <laughs> yes. a whiskey soda. It's not like a little bit of whiskey poured into a... This is straight whiskey. And there's, it's around for sips if people want sips. Right. It's, it's not, not going to push it. There, sure is a can, there is a can back at the bar that should be open now if people want to take little bits of it. And we can pass this around. It's god-awful. Um, I'm not, there's, there's no sugarcoating this. It's the I, worst it's thing probably, to drink. We have a hand raised. I'll reward your politeness by giving you the floor. I'll fall on that grenade. Uh, oh, you, wait, what? Oh. oh, you just went liquor. Jesus. And you used the worst metaphor ever. And not it, that they're soldiers, but like, I mean, yeah, that you know, Willie like Roberts, Uzo. he found a grenade like in Uzo. Los Feliz. What? He just found uh, a grenade somewhere. The police came and blew it up. Oh, nice. All right. Next what a episode. Fun day. Yeah, you would have you loved it. <laughs> I wanted to, because we, we, Magenta, you're, uh, you look for, through a camera while you're there. I'm not pigeonholing you because you said backstage, like, well, you like to do the, you want to do the typing too, but um, just or the, no, the talking. I don't type. You guys overlap. Yeah, or the talking. The, 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 okay, but <laughs> the eye when you're abroad and you're covering war. Uh, what I, I, I like you you be the judge of whether or not it's like uh, should we. Do you want to talk about it, or do you want to show some of the stuff uh, that you guys brought while you talk about it? Is that like a better way to do it? You can do that at some point, any any point you want. Because I think, yeah, it'd probably be an easy thing in the, for the audio podcast listeners. If we're let's just look at some stuff, mm -hmm. and let's just make an edit point here and say, hey, five dollars a month. Oh, <laughs> for the for the podcast, we should just put in like screaming. <laughs> Just like screeching and cats. Just a solid MeUndies ad. Yeah. Here's a here's a free MeUndies ad I want to give. I shit my pants this morning. Where were you? Because of a weekend of drinking nothing but Soylent. Because my, <laughs> beca be because, because my girlfriend is writing, so she's not around to order pizza with. I I, it, I was so unwilling to throw my MeUndies away. I my, washed them in the sink. My me My me. Which sink? That was not an ad for Soylent. Uh -huh. And MeUndies didn't pay for it. I just love MeUndies that much and don't want to throw them away. All right. Well, that's convinced me. How do I get these underpants? 
I'll get uh, you, you, you. Yeah, go to not, not okay. those underpants. Right. I'm telling you, there. It's like it's 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 incredible. You can yeah. put them on Kickstarter. I mean, but that's why. And then I go like, well, silky. <laughs> but then why would I go to Iraq? They don't have me undies. I mean, they probably they, do. They might have them there. Well, if, if, we, if we if we if we bring freedom to them, if, of course. Oh, you know, what what oh, I did get over there was God. a pair, a great pair of Hugo Bass underwear. But did they have micro modal a fabric that's three times softer than cotton? Nice. Nice. Spencer, I've got I've got a little surprise for you. Uh. Oh, man, this isn't another olive situation, is it? I got you a subscription to Gamefly.com. Oh, man. Gamefly.com? But they have over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Wii U, Wii, 3DS, as well as older systems. Spencer, as a Gamefly member, you're going to be able to rent as many console and handheld games as you want and get them delivered right to your mailbox for one low monthly fee. But you're forgetting the fact that if I like a game so much that I don't want to send it back, I can keep it for a low used price. That's true. Yeah. And how often have you uh, uh, played a video game and thought, I'd like to keep playing this? That happens a lot. Yeah. I almost don't rent video games because of that reason. Well, there's never any due dates or late fees. That's Spencer. the other reason I don't do that. Yeah. So you can just like get a video game and play it until you're done with it. Until you're done. Done and bored. But what if I'm like I'm like getting sick of all these games and I just want to kick back and maybe watch uh, some Blu-ray or DVD movies? Oh, Spencer, don't even get me started. Gamefly also offers the ability to rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as part of their regular service at no extra charge. It's not like they upsell you on a Blu-ray package. They're, that's just part of the thing. That's great. I'm going to sign up for a premium 30-day free trial with $15 on sign-up specifically for my viewers at GameflyOffer.com slash Feral. Wait, no, you got it for me already. Yeah, I told you at the top I got it for you, but that's okay. I mean, it's free, so you can have two. Yeah, I guess I was just, you know, obsessing over the fact that <laughs> one of the popular games... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why... <laughs> I mean, you can have two of them because there's, you know, there's different plans. There's the one disc plan for fifteen ninety five, and there's the two disc plan for twenty two ninety five. Right. You got me one, and I could get the other one, and then I'll have the combined powers of both plans. Let me break this down for you. Here's why I signed you up for it, and why you should also sign up well, for it. Let me guess. Convenience. Yes, convenience is one of the top reasons. Games are shipped directly to you, including a pre-addressed envelope for easy returns. Sound familiar? No contract. You can cancel any time. You can have multiple games, movies. Rent it out at the same time based on your membership. Rent games online or through the mobile app, whether you're at home or on the go. Rentals ship to arrive on actual game release dates. No more standing outside for midnight releases. No due dates. That's important. That is important. You know another reason to sign up? Uh, Cost savings? Yes. God, Jesus, fuck. Instead of buying two to three games a year, you could get an entire year's worth of the Gamefly service and rent as many games as you want. There's no late fees. If you like the game you rent it, you can keep the game at a heavily discounted rate, and Gamefly will send the original game case and manual at no extra charge. Members receive huge discounts on used game sales. Never get burned buying a bad game or getting stuck with a game that only takes a few days to beat, Spencer. I never will get burned buying a bad game or getting stuck with a game that only takes a few days to beat. Guess. 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 Guess, Guess another reason to sign up? Okay, yeah. Mm. 
Well, it can't be the selection, can it? Yeah, Gamefly has over 8,000 games and movies, including new releases, as well as the classics. Games available on current generation consoles, all the way back to PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Well, put it this way, Spencer. Anybody that doesn't have a friend as cool as me should just go to GameflyOffer.com slash feral and they can get a free premium 30-day trial. I'm going to introduce our new CG character, the Gamefly. Hi, Gamefly. Wow. Help me get you a great deal on video games. I love myself. What's the verdict on the whiskey so far? Good. All right. I can't. I can't believe y'all are saying that. Do you want the actual? Wi- this is the actual whiskey. This one's different. It's not as sweet. Oh man. Uh, faux pas. All right. No, so, do it. No, go ahead and uh, let's put a. We'll put a little edit marker somewhere around here. If you you're. Mannequin challenge. It's pretty funny. Okay, and we're we're gonna we're gonna look at some stuff that only you guys are looking at because you're here. Uh, we'll describe it to you though. There's a feminist yeah, which one? militia. Yeah, which one? Start with the mannequin, Start with the mannequin challenge. Funny. Yeah, so this is, so I are, went to these guys and was like, I want to do this. There's this thing called the mannequin challenge, guys who are in an active war zone. I want you to do this for me. And they I were like, you, no. Wait, so you had the balls to Did, say to them, yeah. hey, could What's you plank job? for me? And just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, does well, this sort of thing happen a lot? Is like no. people dabbing when grenades are going through the air? No. So, Ice bucket challenge! <laughs> oh. So he tells him to do this, and they say no. But part of his job, like the reason he's a good fixer, the reason he can get journalist places, is that he just he meets a lot of officers and like captains, colonels, generals, and you get their phone numbers. Like it's the the Iraqi military is not like the U.S. military. Like it's all about who you know. You bring people cigarettes, and they're your buddy. So he calls their captain up, and he says, "I want you to make them do this." And their captain called them and said, "Do this," and then they had to do it. And you can tell how pissed they are in the video. (laughs) And is it gonna fuck things up? Because I don't think Joel's going to be able to contain himself. You're what, he's going to start making funny riffs during I think the... that's fine. No, we all, you all know how this, we all know how the mannequin challenge goes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Rappers ain't shit. Rappers are not shit. Because if you have guns in your video and you're, you're, you're trying to act hard and shit, you're not this fucking hard. <laughs> this is no, as hard as it fucking gets. I think he won the mannequin challenge. Yeah. 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 No, it so, is, but, but it is, it's weird to think about because when we think of soldiers, we think of army men, we think of World War II, and we think of guys in camouflage holding guns because they're detached from what's going on at home. And what's going on at home is television and Bart Simpson and donuts, and that's what they're fighting for and all this stuff. So to be in, in a third world country and be holding an assault rifle 
and your orders are to kill another human being with fast flying pieces of metal that are going to be projected from your gun, but to have a phone in your pocket connected to Donald Trump's tweets and uh, Stranger Things uh, gossip. I don't know, like, like, and to have a journalist telling you, hey, do you know what man- the mannequin challenge is? Oh, didn't do oh that. yeah, I know no. what that is. I'll do that, but then I got to get back to. Yeah. Blowing the head off of someone if they do the wrong thing, like appear in front of me. I want to clarify, that was filmed by IR, who's our fixer. We had nothing to do with that. That was his, purely, he was motivated to do that when he was up there Wait, so you weren't there? I was not there at that point. No, that was in October. So he's like, hey, should I do the mannequin challenge? And you're like, you don't have to do that for me. And he's like, no, it'll be great. Oh, he did that for him. That was was all for IR. How do you Um, get, how do you get people to trust you? How do you get people to take you where you need to go to see things? I mean, it's, it's mostly about meeting good people. So before we went over there, I got the numbers and names of a bunch of different fixers who were all people who said they could do this for us. And then I found people who they were connected to on Twitter who had like, the guy that I wound up reaching out to runs a company that helps recover people who have been kidnapped and ransomed. Um, so this guy was a friend of the guy that I was going to work with, was a, like a Twitter buddy of the guy I was going to work with. And I was like, hey, did you work with this guy in Iraq? And he said, yes. So this guy has like clear credentials. He knows what he's doing. He's got a record. I say, can I trust this guy? And he says, yes, I would say you can trust him with your life. Do people like, do they know you're liberal? Do they care that their story is going to get told a certain way? I have, I, we, the first time we met, oh, sorry. I think they're hyper aware around journalists. Okay. Uh, they don't they want... They just kind yeah. of bullshit, so you have to really sift through it. And how, how do you do that? How do you get well, to, like, we want to know what's really going on? Do you want to tell about the Japanese guy that was there for a week? Yeah. Um, so this sets up some of the other footage. So, like, and this kind of dovetails in the topic of fake news. So we're there... Um, we're there one morning, and we drive into West Mosul, which is the part of the city that's still a big chunk of it's held by ISIS. And we get up to the front and our fixers are with us like there's going to be a caravan with a bunch of other journalists and a bunch of Iraqi army guys. We need to ride with them up to the front, but we want to escape from them as soon as we can so we can run around without handlers and whatnot so we can actually get a good story. Seems like a good idea. Yeah, yeah. you you don't (laughs) want to be where all the other people with cameras are. But we wound up getting corralled into this van and wind up with these guys anyway and they take us to a section of the front line and we're there five minutes and there's one or two sniper shots from ISIS and they just start firing, the Iraqi army just starts firing all of the RPGs and these big weapons called SBG-9s and just shooting everything off. You called my name. You were talking to me. I was walking through this part that you're supposed to run through. But I got, he said my name, so I like turned around and I forgot that I'm not supposed to like, it's not a good place to stand. So I was there for too long. So someone started shooting. But there was a berm above us. Nobody could hit us, which was the point. So this is the point is that we were never in, it was not a real firefight. Like, we watch this thing happen, and it's incredibly, it looks like a movie, it feels like an actual fight, and then after it gets done, and all of these, there's like 20 people filming it, our fixers turn to us and they're like, you know that was, that was mostly bullshit, right? Like, every morning, they lead journalists right here, and there's always that, uh, that always happens. There's like a thousand outgoing shots for everyone incoming. Yeah. But you guys know, that takes me back to this all-important point, it was like, you guys do perceive the like you do you make peace with the idea like i do when i fly on an airplane period mm-hmm. because it's that's too much for me uh to be out of that much control and to have these savages called flight attendants like in charge <laughs> of you my really destiny like, control. like i we need to decide before i get on the plane yeah. i might die 
blah, blah, blah. I hope not to. You could argue I expect not to. Um, I will complain if I start dying. <laughs> I will go to my grave dying. Yell at the little mask. If I did down. what you do, I can't do that. I can't be like, oh, look at that landmine go off. Wait, there's one under me? I've had it! <laughs> but if I get on a United Airline and a cop starts tasing me because the, their Christmas discount isn't working or whatever the fuck, I can, I can be like, this is bullshit! It might not work, but at least I have that recourse. That is a blanket we wrap around ourselves. We feel like complaining. We, we're never more than one complaint away from our mommy grabbing us and going, shh, shh, shh it's okay. And that's why I continue to eat meat. Because... <laughs> I, 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 be, be, because, because to continue to do what you did before and to only cry out and to only do things when something's wrong, that's just primatology. So one of the, and that's why I keep harping on that because I truly do wish, because I, 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 I want to know. But the biggest matter. thing in my it mind is matter. like, I want to know, when you guys look at people like me, do you go, like, you fucking gross piece of shit. Why don't you wake up? No, or are I, you like, that's the customer. Well, let's go up. Take some more pictures of landmines for him. No, it's like, okay, so here's, here's, I think what you're getting at there is what makes something really scary is not having any control. They did a series of studies on fighter pilots in Vietnam back during that whole war thing, and they found out that, so most of these fighters would have, there's the actual pilot and then there's the navigator. And so in the weeks leading up to the mission, the navigator who was planning the mission, who was deciding where they were going to go and exactly what was gonna happen, had very low stress levels. And the fighter pilot's stress levels spiked because they had no control over anything. And then during the actual mission, when they're actually flying, the fighter pilots have zero stress, but the navigator's stress spikes because you have no control over that plane. Whoa. That's what makes things scary is the lack of control. So when you're in a plane at 30, 40,000 feet, however the fuck high planes go, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any more ability to affect that than you do. But like when I'm in Mosul and somebody might shoot at me, I have the ability to run and right. hide behind a, a heavy wall or find the biggest Iraqi guy in a body that's, armor that's, and hide that's, behind that's the, the wall. Problem, that's the whole problem, though. I've, I've talked about that. That's the thing. Like when I go on the Batman ride at Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> Completely perfect parallel. <laughs> it's, perfect, it's, it's, it's the only... Amount. It's the only parallel I have. They st when they lower a big fucking 90s or more modern like grate over you, like eating meat. By the way, it's it's, it's like I'm telling when you have society's fucking like yeah. permission to be like a piece of like garbage. When you're just like clank, you're like it's not my fault if anyone gets decapitated on this ride. I can't. I'm in a Batman harness. I can't do shit. Scariest roller coaster I ever went on. The world's oldest roller coaster. It's like six yeah, miles. It's like one. the eagle. Yeah. They put you in a wagon and put a jump rope across your lap. Yeah. I am now at fault if everyone dies, including myself. I'm going to fail. That to me is you're saying you you sound like you'd be like, whew, hate being in that Batman harness, not enough control. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I hate Give me a coasters. sedative. Would you rather kill yourself or someone else kill you? Would I rather kill myself or have someone else kill oh, me? Okay, I, lo I love you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also, and by the way, I also love our, our, our audience who tweeted, they, I, I said, we have war journalists fresh back from the Middle East, and there's a fucking handful of, like, like, shit that would make Chomsky fum for it. Like, like uh, I, I want to get to them, but I also want to see photos. I want to ask, okay, all right. Would I rather kill we myself or be killed? I'd rather kill myself. I'd rather kill myself. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but but here's the thing. <laughs> I think I think this is really important. That's an easy question to answer because it's like a credit card bill that you buy control. I if you asked me, um, you have to die at 12 a.m. Is it going to be by your own hand or by a stranger? I don't, would my answer change? Because when you say, would you rather kill yourself or be killed? All I hear is control versus lack of control. Instead of Batman versus old roller coaster. Because that doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, like, you like should I, want the old roller coaster, not Batman. Like, I want to I kill myself because the then I get to just be like, okay, well, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I'll gladly pay you for a hamburger. <laughs> You know, like my, like, like, and that, that's what we're all doing. We're kind of like going like, uh, how, how you doing, Joel? Are you, are you all right? I, I have an idea. I was just going to say, I mean, about being in situations where it's dangerous and there's tension and a threat. <laughs> a lot of it is gradual. You move into it slowly and you could say your job is scary and ha there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of money thrown getting thrown around and you have to make a show and for a lot of people that would be very daunting and you gradually moved into it and so I think that's one piece of this is just yeah. that you slowly get into more and more dramatic situations and you have you always feel like you may have leverage in your pocket yeah. like you know away I, did, I felt like know. when I was working on community like I, I all of a sudden I'm on a network sitcom and I'm surrounded by people who are fucking pros and I'm coming from, it, like, I got fired from basic cable. Like, I wasn't even able to h h hold myself there. I'm like, these people are diplomats. I'm on King's Landing, and I'm a fucking wildling. And uh, do you guys know what that means? No, of you were out fucking, like, doing important shit. <laughs> Game of Thrones is important shit, Dan. Let's not, let's not, let's not downplay uh, the importance of that. Uh, and and, and it, I, I distinctly recall, because uh, I was like, well, I've always been a piece of shit that loves having attention paid to me, and I did notice that the people I was the most afraid of, because of their business acumen, because of their diplomacy, mm -hmm. because of their savvy, when the spotlight would hit me, they would shrink away. They would be like, well, I to, I to, uh, don't, don't talk about that. No, I don't want to do an interview with him. And I'd be like, oh, so if I'm Colonel Sanders, it's my fried chicken. Uh, does that make sense? I, 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 so so that's an like example chicken. of it. It's like I could picture a firefighter even going like, uh, okay, so, oh, you're scared about the idea of running into a burning building because it's mystical to you. I found something that I've demystified and I can continue to explore it. it. That person's not going to go back and go, but what about my Parcheesi skills? Uh, that person's gonna continue to go like, like, like I want to grow in that direction. I want to, uh, that, 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 that's helping me uh, not hate myself f for living on the same earth as you. What are you, what, what are you talking <laughs> Because I'm worried I'm not a good person, but now I realize nothing matters. But being a good person has nothing to do with doing stuff that's like dangerous you and You can see that because you traipse over the fucking the, the military zones. Oh, the, who's the thing? I live in the Matrix. I love my state. I mean, no, we all, we all live in the same city here. Like the people, I get that sometimes around like No, you like live on Earth. You live in reality. You're a child of God. I'm a fat, fucking horrible <laughs> agent of compromise. And you know that. 
And the fact that you won't admit it makes me hate you. But there's no, there, no there's nothing more without compromise. Kill We're all me. Just stabbing each kill other. me, so I don't have to kill myself. I offer. I, offer, I know you know people with guns. I, I don't have the balls to get my own. Have you not my picked yours up, by the period way? Is what, seven months. All right. <laughs> I mean, I can take. I can Let's roll some of that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> no, I don't. I, well, magenta, magenta. Uh, do, I, do we do we have stuff up here that you've photographed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, can, can, okay. Let, let's look at. I want to look at war photography. Yeah, that's what I was starting to walk. If you want to. Want someone getting shot? Do you want someone shooting? No, want? no. I, well, I mean, why, why am I saying no? I mean, what? No, I don't. I, I want the part of hey, war where everyone high fives. Do you want to do the screening with us in Iraq? You can do Harmontown no, in Erbil. Yeah. Ever do anything. We'll keep, we'll keep we'll you nice safe. safe place. We'll keep you safe. Well, I, this don't. is part of the thing. It'll be a really Let's nice hotel. It. The hotel is a safer city than LA. Should we go do a Harmontown in the yeah. Middle yeah. East? Somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, if you want to go, we could talk about this later if you're serious. But if you want to do a Harmontown in Arabil, it is it is a safer city than Los Angeles. I just don't oh. want. I don't want to. What be if like, we do a Harmontown there and it's 9/11? <laughs> they didn't do 9-11. I know, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be yeah. weird? Like, someone's I like, mean, it's 9-11. Uh, yeah, well, it'll, let's, it'll let, be fun. Just, let's just look at some pictures here. That, like, right. and, you, and you tell me, Magenta, like, so if you're, because uh, the average person is like, well, I don't even understand any photographer, like, uh, <laughs> and, and I admire all of them. Like, they look through a lens and they go like, oh, that's a good picture, as opposed to everything else I look at. Um, can you can you shed any verbal light on what it is you're supposed to do when you want to take pictures of shit? Shed that verbal light, yo. War, <laughs> war photography is very different, like that, which is why I have a chance because I'm a horrible photographer. I'm not a photographer. I'm just trying this new thing out that I like. Uh huh. And so you can't have as much control as you want to have, which would be awkward for you, I guess, because it's it's. You oh, is that like if I was like, it. oh, I prefer to write. Uh, in a it's tank like, of water hanging upside down. No, what, are the sh- what are the shows that they what? do on, on yeah, the Yeah, because then if I if my script is like, it's like, oh, that's you good for a guy it. hanging upside you, down in a tank of water. You can't plan it. Oh. So you kind of it's have like to rock. be good at adapting. Wait, you can't plan Christian rock? <laughs> oh, well, if you're bad at rock, you're still Christian. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it doesn't have to be Van Halen. You love Christ. Yeah. If you're, fo- if you're photographing Iraq, you're like, whoa, there was a guy shooting at me. Right. Yeah. Or it's a, lady. It's a buffer. <laughs> it's a great place to practice. Uh, no, but I'm sorry. I got distracted by my fucking dumb shit. Uh, but 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 there is a little bit of truth to that. Not, not but the, in that in that you're you're like, well, I don't want to be Ansel Adams because I don't know how to deal with that internal. My therapist says, run on the engine, not the pistons. Of a, like so uh, so. If when you're photographing in the field, are you like, can you just talk? Are, are, do, do you discriminate? Are you looking, that's a good picture, that's a bad picture, or are you like, I'll figure it out later, cuck, 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 cuck. Somewhere <laughs> in, so probably somewhere in between. But. I just do whatever I feel like doing, and he'll be like, uh, g- the, uh look that way, and then I just uh-huh. start doing that. And it's like, it's like and, and, and look that way is based on... Well, some of it's like we're filming a documentary out there, so like some of it's like, oh, we got to get, we need footage of this, like, or I'm, hey, I are saying something, and we want to get him on camera saying this, can you get over here? But I don't, like talk, talk about the eyes that you see in a lot of those people and how that like that little kid you saw in the in the back of the truck like there's like sometimes the uh, people's eyes just like you see someone and it's like magnetic like you just get pulled to them. 
if you want yeah. to, you know, if you want to, because it's a, you know, it's audio, it's a podcast. Yeah. We know that's that's yeah, probably so not interesting. Some yeah. some of their eyes are magnetic. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so are you? Have I been? Maybe I've been. Uh, Stupid! It's a, like you're doing all video. Are you are you doing still photographs or? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's video. Last time we did photographs, and so I bought the A6000, and then it's like, oh, let's make a documentary. So we just bought a GoPro in Iraq at the mall <laughs> to make the documentary <laughs> and nice use mall. the A6000. So it's you're a, nice a videographer. I, I have this '80s thing in my head where it's like James Woods with a vest, and he's like got film rolls, and he, you know, James Woods was I, there. I uh, the right instant will end up on the cover of Time and change the way people vote. But it, I mean, that's not. It's like you're it, you're you're vi- you're getting footage of shit that. Uh, could also be on the cover of a Harry Potter version of Time, where the things on the cover move. And do you do you ever use stills from your video? A little bit. Awesome. Let's take a look. Let's look at. Right. Your, what do you, what 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 would you want people to see? Well, there's three videos that tell a little bit of a story we were just talking about. So let's start with RPG Fire, which is comes from that first firefight we saw. Um, I just fired an RPG in my HTC Vive at home. It's a VR simulator of a... (laughs) Then you can tell us how accurate this is. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? This is fake. This is the fake one. Well, I mean, weapons and stuff. Wait, what do you Thousands think? of dollars. That's Gilligan's Island tour. ISIS shot about two rounds at us, and the Iraqi army fired everything that they had back at them. And they were they were aiming, they were like pivoting towards the cameras at points, like you can see it, and so like it was very. And then afterwards, the second video, they had a musical number for the cameras, like it was literally like a Pirates of the Caribbean, because there's 20 some journalists there all filming. So at the end of this, there's your little firefight. You get your 20 minutes of the Iraqi army shooting at ISIS footage. Then we do a song and a dance, and then, you know, we get you back on the bus, and it's and away. And you're saying, I can't wait to break away from that. Show me the real Tijuana. That's what yeah, you're saying. That's kind of what's going but, on. But yeah. then, okay, so have you seen the fucking beheading videos? Like, what happens yeah. to journalists that... that, that's, that they, if you're dead, you don't know you're dead, so why does it matter? You, you, you know while you're being beheaded. beheaded it takes yeah. a long time. They just use a knife. I, the I, thing, I, I, I put together like a video for Cracked before we went out there that was just about ISIS propaganda, so I had to watch all of their beheading videos, and it was like, yeah, like that's a little bit intimidating, but at the same time, you're way likelier to get killed in an airstrike just because one of them misses the target. So that's like comforting, kind of. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did, I, did, I did have a brief feeling. I remember Easter Sunday, you guys were probably over there. It was like, just because this is how, is that, like, uh, what's his face from, uh, you know, North Korea, like, unveiled his nuclear missiles, and it was yeah. Easter Sunday, and we went, we went to a barbecue, and it's all hipsters had to talk about was the idea of what if, what if a nuclear missile landed on Los Angeles and blew us all up? And we definitely all agreed that that would be a way better way to go than what would happen if North Korea wasn't in the picture and Trump just had his run. Yeah, you know, because, yeah. because the latter would be like, oh, uh, I'm going to have to eat a foot. 
Yeah. It may or may not be my own. I have to swing someone else's daughter as a weapon. Like, well, you want to you want you want a slow cook foot. Like that's the real <laughs> key with a foot is you don't want to you don't want to try too fast to cook that because you want to let it's it's a thing. Still it's also, you've got to I mean, peel off the cows. So those guys who took you through there and they're like, uh, so so what's their agenda? They you're American journalists and they want you to they want you to say what? What do they want you to say? What, what do you mean? Who? Well, well, if they they're if they're that staging that stuff. Is in charge, it started ISIS. Sorry, uh, a lot of people think that. Wait, so I say it again, Magenta. I didn't, I didn't catch it. Uh, a big popular belief is that Hillary Clinton started oh. ISIS. Wait, wait so just, there's, yeah. there's nobody over there that's like, well, if we show you this and that, you'll, you'll write that. No. They, like, the, the Iraqi army guys want you to say that the Iraqi army's winning the battle against ISIS and they're, they're good dudes. And most of the guys we met are nice dudes. Like, I have nothing against, like, I, I, I was really impressed with a lot of them. But they, they want you, like, you get the same thing whether you're talking to, like, the Kurdish Peshmerga, which are, like, these ancestral mountain warriors of the Kurds, or whether you're talking about the Iraqi army or the Iraqi federal police, which are basically an army unit. They all are like, we love America. We're just trying to stop the bad guys. Please send us more weapons. Um, but, but don't you get, I recently found out there's three women on the Supreme Court, and I, made, I had made a joke about there being only one. Uh, I, 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 are, what, uh, did you graduate? Are you, do you have a 200 IQ? Oh, don't you worry about going? I, that's another reason I wouldn't go to the Middle East, because I'd be like, I don't. What I can't point to where we are on a map, and I don't know anything about anything. That's two, how you learn. Two college dropouts right here. You um, learn by just being plunged yeah. into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah goddammit. it. Europe. No, you so go. You, you you went over there, and you're like, we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, that's the same. It's like what what Rick says in the first episode of Rick and Morty. It's just like that. You 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 throw yourself into situations that you don't fully understand, and then you grow as a person because you uh, you figure it out or you don't. But I like, know, but you could have gone to Burning Man. <laughs> but you went to like burning and the shit is on fire, man. <laughs> yeah, there's like bomb people. the fuck out, man. Uh, let's see another one. Let's watch. Let's watch. All right, so you guys should see like the song and dance routine they do at the end of this one. It's oh, it, it has dancing or something in there, and this is like, yeah, this is when they were yeah the dance number. He gives a little speech first. We probably don't need to go through the speech. It's mostly about how they're sweet. You, you want to pay attention because we're going to see this guy again in another clip to this dude. This is going to be great for all the, the Does listeners Does that guy have a home. pencil mustache or is that like a... No, a lot of, he's they just can't, They can't have hell. beards, so they really get crazy. The guys that had to shave their beards get big on the mustaches. You oh, can they're tell. not they allowed to have beards? They didn't because then you look like ISIS. Yeah, yeah, I you got know. a lot of By shit. By the way, they thought he was ISIS every oh, check. Like, every people would be check putting point. their hands on their guns being like, dash, dash, and it's like, it's going to be a while before the beard recovers in Iraq. <laughs> the beard is it's tough there. So They're there's like no anti-Silver Lake over yeah. there. So this guy is the colonel who's in charge of that position, and his job is like in the evenings and the afternoon, he like kills ISIS guys, and in the morning, he leads journalists on a tour. And that dude behind him is like, you can watch, it, watch his face during this because it's really interesting. He's like the guy who keeps everyone alive when they're running around. He was always, whenever people were like shooting at us or near shooting at us, that dude always had his body between magenta and the bullets. He's a really cool dude. That's their Steve Levy. Yeah, and then he just bones out. He 
can hold it. fuck was that? Well, it's just, that's the You just said you dropped out and everybody applauded then you're like, oh, he's saying that a thermal yes. hand grenade is up. What the fuck? What? What do you mean? What no, the... you're smart. You're worldly. No. You speak other languages. Not mostly. Just badly. It takes, it <laughs> takes a lot to be you um, and so we all are allowed uh, to not be you. Um, well, of course. <laughs> I mean, nobody trusts me with a budget, Dan, so... What did that guy look like? What character did he look like? He looked like Flea. Which one? <laughs> the little dancing the, guy? The lead yeah. guy looked like old oh. Flea. Oh, from, um... From Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. Like, like, he, like, he had, like, a... Oh, yeah. California. He's, we're about to see him. California. So we... Wait, but seriously, did, linguistic, did you pick up... Did you pick up... No, we like, had a, a translator who gave me the gist of that. Okay. I, I speak a little bit of Kurdish, but I, my Arabic is, is terrible. I know, like, eight words. It's, it's bad. I would, I would, I would, I would get off... A plane over there, and I would be afraid to use the word Arabic because I would be. I, I would. I would assume from what I've lived through, I would. Someone would go, uh, Arabic, rude, and I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. No, you would. You would. You would be. You'd be off the plane like ten minutes before someone was like, Oh, this guy clearly needs help. I speak English. Come with oh, me. Come we'll with help me. You, you want to crash? And in then my I'd house? be like, Is I'll he gonna rape food. me? He's gonna rape me. He wouldn't rape you. I went to Fiji and I couldn't fucking relax. Like I told the story on this thing. It was like there was a pool guy that was like, Come do this fucking low grade ayahuasca with me in my family's village, and I spent the entire car ride going, They're gonna rape us. <laughs> But they because, didn't. Because everything different oh, is a threat. But okay, so that's, that's, the, that's like the, the thing that separates, like before we ever went to a war zone, we traveled a lot in parts of the world where like we had experiences where like you're in the car with the people that you don't really understand and they're like, oh, is something bad going to happen? Is this like the first 15 minutes of an Eli Roth movie and then we all get cut to pieces? Like is something terrible? And it, that's it, it doesn't. That's what I've always said. But Eli it, Roth, it, that's what I've always said. But when it doesn't happen five or six times in a row, you're you like, stop thinking about that as like, much. You're like, Eli Roth doesn't exist, but he does. Yeah, but he's just he's just a mediocre director. <laughs> no, but that yeah, okay. Oh, Shots fired. <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't matter. He's he's probably not that gifted a writer. I don't think he'd disagree with that, right? Oh, like shit. his his stories largely have a first act of people. I'm so glad we're getting onto this subject because I <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what do we what do we need to know that we don't know? Like what do you see over there that we might be getting the bullshit story? On. Uh, here's the thing that I w do want to make sure I talk about because I, I don't want to get off of it. There's an anarchist feminist militia that are the people who are actually beating ISIS in Syria right now. When, when we Not went, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear about them on the news, you'll hear like the United States government has increased its aid to the SDF, the Syrian Democratic Forces. 70-ish percent of the Syrian Democratic Forces are a group called the YPG, the People's Protection Units. The YPG and their sister unit, literally sister unit, the YPJ, which is the female People's Protection Units, okay? They are, when we went to Iraq the first time, we started touring all these refugee camps where there were a bunch of Yazidi survivors of the genocide ISIS carried out. So these are people like, I was asking about like, oh hey America, this is the only time that the US intervened in a timely manner to help stop a genocide, like ever. Like ISIS started killing these people and we sent in airstrikes and I expected them to be like, yeah, we're really grateful to the United States for stopping ISIS. None of them had that to say. They were all like, no, it was the YPG. 
So what happened is during, when ISIS was on the move and they were expanding in Iraq and expanding in Syria and everybody was running away, the Iraqi army was fleeing from them, the Kurdish military was fleeing from them, all the different Syrian militias were fleeing from them, they were, they were just growing unchecked like a giant fucking tumor. In the middle of all that, they're massacring the members of this religious sect in Iraq called the Yazidis who live in Mount Sinjar. And the YPG, who is again a feminist anarchist militia, here's that that's happening. This is happening. They're fighting their own desperate battle against ISIS and getting pushed back. And they divort, divert forces from this battle for survival to invade Iraq. Divort? You fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know words. <laughs> this motherfucker just gave away the plot to Wonder Woman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, but, so these guys, these guys and ladies punch a hole in ISIS's lines in Iraq, rescue tens of thousands of people, avert a genocide, and then leave forces behind to train a militia. And the only complaint that we heard the people we talked to there make about them is that the Yazidis are a very traditional, like traditional in the sense that they don't let women do a lot. And they were like, well, they wouldn't, they, they forced our women to learn how to fight. They gave them guns and we didn't want them to give our ladies guns. And now our women have guns. And it's, it's frustrating to us because <laughs> we didn't that like that. That like sounds like an yeah. indie movie. Right? Yeah. They're like, well, you know, it is what it is. I, 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 this is going to sound like a really loaded liberal question, but do you think the reason we're not aware of that very, very marketable phenomenon <laughs> that would make a really compelling story is, you know, do you think that's being filtered out? Do you think that's a threat? Oh, hell yeah. Do you think Absolutely. that's a threat? to the first Absolutely. world, the idea that women uh, and the men who support them, not in a chivalrous way, but in a fucking like, like fuck it way, like that that will be the solution, like that that's the last thing anyone wants to hear. There's Look, a lot to questions. be scared of in that because like, like when, when uh, Rojava is one of the names you'll find them under, they don't go by Rojava anymore. They're not a state, it's like a democratic, it's democracy without a state is the way you'll hear it described a lot. It's a weird system of government that's based around, like one of the things they do is they elect a man and a woman simultaneously to every political position and they have to come to an accord before anything can get decided. So it's like it is actually a perfect 50-50 representation. Um, and in some of these towns when they took over from the Syrian government and they were like, hey ladies, like we have female organizations for lady journalists, we have female military units, like we have female farming collectives, like you're free to have a job and do whatever you want and participate in politics now. There were some areas where the divorce rate went to like 50% from almost nothing. Like half the women there just left their husbands were like, oh shit, I can go do stuff now? <laughs> well, fuck this noise. Like I'm gonna go do shit. Um, so yeah, there's definitely an element of it that's that it's a threat. And there is a reason that you only hear to them referred to as the SDF rather than a feminist anarchist militia who's rabidly against the idea of states. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. It's badass. I wanted to make sure I got in my crazy left-wing screed before. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there was one question. Like, is there any pressure from your employers, the media, to show the Middle East in a specific different light than you observe? But I think that's, I mean, you're a freelancer. I mean, no, I'm, I'm salaried with Cracked, but they don't pay Wednesday. for us to go. We just <laughs> buy right. plane tickets. They're like, can, if you can find a bit, I thought I, and I don't know what's wrong with my tweet deck. I thought I, I saw, I saw some shit that was like, Did you, say you know tweet what? Dick? Tweet, tweet deck. Uh, I'm a sweet dick. I'm trying to get it. With but the I always media hear that. I, I, I set up a little filter for the hashtag thing. Um, but Jinta, what do you got? Anything we should know that we don't already know? There's so much to know in the world. Give me, I, give I me your know. top one. 
as quickly as you possibly can. Can't do that. Sorry. I mean, there's this one weird moment. No, 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 no. God damn it. What? <laughs> that's, it's a, that's a thing. I am at a podium with a microphone, and I asked you a question. Okay, I, I just got one thing to say. For everyone here, do all the shit that you just like talk about, and then you put it off, and you don't do it, and it's just a fantasy. Just do it, because that's what I did. That's what we're doing. Just do the shit that you wanted to do, and it sounds silly. Just, just it's worth it. the wait. That was worth the wait. I knew you had it in you, girl. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> I still want to know, though. I still want to know, as a, as a person who, has a, who is three weeks into having decided to get back on the elliptical, <laughs> I still want to understand what it is that put me on it in the first place, because I know once I was on it, I wanted to stay on it. And I know once I got off it, it got easy to stay off it. But I'm trying to isolate that moment so that we can bottle it, put it in a little pill that's like, take action, because we all know this. Like, we, we hear it all the time in our own heads, and we hear it from the people we admire, that they're like, hey, that thing that you want to do, just do it. And, and, and it's like, how? How would well, you okay. do it? Were, were you scared the first time you, like, wrote up a pilot or wrote, the first thing that you wrote that you submitted to somebody you respected, yeah, and they had a chance to turn it down? Was it's that scary? Almost, I said, the path that led me to where I am, Ego, ego, ego. Like, I was too fucking dumb to know how untalented I was. Well, there you go. That's great. Okay. I, well, played, so, a lot of, so, I played a lot of D&D and watched Indiana Jones movies as a kid. So that's, that was, that was I everything. Think, I, think, I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, but it's like, like if, it's, if something seems scary to someone, or even beyond scary, if it just seems like, ah, this isn't the time to do that. I got fucking... Gotta go to work at Starbucks. Yeah, I gotta so go work. Or gotta go, to I gotta, or just yeah, it's like I got to do shit yesterday and I got to do shit tomorrow. If I even have a time to think right now, then I owe it to myself to just sit here and think. Um, what in that moment, like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna answer my own question. My fucking therapist answered it. It's like this never leads anywhere. Thought doesn't lead to action. Only action leads to action. You said it yourself. You just mm -hmm. have to do it, even though it doesn't. It vexes us because we're addicted to thought. We have and that safety. luxury. We have to. We're addicted to safety as well. We're addicted to just like, we, we, we have the luxury of going, that's what we do. We're on King's Landing, so we go, we, can't, we can make a difference when we go, I'd like that funding to go over here. And we mistake that for meaning that as individuals, it's okay for us to go, well, I've decided I'm a vegan, or I've decided I'm left, but right of this. It's words and it's thoughts, whereas the things that, everybody in this room knows that all the shit that changed them is shit that they just did. We have so much support. Like, if you're homeless in America, you're still going to have clean water. You're still going to find a toilet. You're not going to starve. Like, you're in America. So rely on the community or the culture that we don't have and miss that week of work, even if you get fired, to pursue what you want to do because you're still, at the end of the day, going to have a clean place to shit. And at least you're a step closer to trying something different. Like... You're going to have a clean place to shit, no matter what. You're in America. It's fine. Just try can, some shit. I can definitely, but to the extent that logic is employed there, I can twist that into like, okay, yeah, so I should stay put and like I'm doing great. Yeah, you are. Wait, you are so, doing great. So I'm not going to do anything different tomorrow because even if I'm homeless, I can shit in a clean... No one's, it makes you happy. I, I, keep, I, I, God, fuck you guys. Don't high road me. No one's no. telling you to do anything different. We all want season four. The bottom line is, yeah. You, so, like, there that are is people, how you met Joel. 
because I moved. What? What? I because I moved. You just fucking did it. You moved. Well, you I dropped it and I hitched a ride on his U-Haul. I'm, I'm telling you guys, I'm Gollum. Like I, I like a, a, a ring fell near me, and I was like, "This is precious." And then one day. It fell away. It would, no, no matter where it fought, that's when I move. I go, well, this is less precious. I want the precious back. Like, that's all I've ever done. That's all I do. Okay? You got it? Well, who doesn't that describe? That doesn't describe you, you fucking yeah, dick. Yeah, we're all, it's a whole planet of Gollum. That's no, the whole, you, that's all there is. You're not Gollum when you go, go to the Middle East. Gollum never goes to the Middle East. I mean, the, he goes, there's, well, you, no, he you doesn't go to a You are when you walk past a hundred right? kids that are starving, and then you go have some fancy fucking meal at night, every night while oh, you're out yeah, there. yeah, you feel like a shithead doing that. What? You're just doubling down on, like, Gollum would never do that. Yeah, He'd be he like, would. no, those kids make me uncomfortable. I'm going to go eat fish in a cave. Those kids don't have any fish, Dan. The Gollum doesn't care. He doesn't want to think about that. He wants well, his precious. wants to think about it. We all want our precious. No, you want photojournalism. Yeah, but that's not feeding the kids that you see over there. Gollum goes to the worst place in Middle Earth. Yeah, he God, does. Well, that's not no, how was... bad is that place that Gollum's in in Middle Earth. That's just the Goblin's Mountain. Gollum, Gollum, the worst places, Gollum hangs out in Mordor because Mord- that's where Gord- he, he found a comfortable place. All right, look, let's, Annie, let's just accept that we're all, we're all equidistant from transformative uh, human evolution. <laughs> so you guys really aren't that much better than me. Well, why? <laughs> Certainly not. They're what thrill about, seekers. What about this? And like... I learned earlier, I'm just like Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't make a community movie. <laughs> I'm fucking nailing it. Uh, no, sorry. I, uh, it's not like skydivers are better. You're not like yelling at yeah. skydivers, are you? It's just like that's what gets them off. No, I silently yeah. judge skydivers. I do. <laughs> well, why? Because they needlessly risk death in a world where life is precious. That's I where I, I find them atrocious I, people. I, well, uh, nobody needs us. But to you do go what on roller do. coasters. Yeah. I, at least but I don't. I go do on it so that coasters. my friends don't judge me. I'm judging you. <laughs> Can I say something, man? I think uh, one thing is that it's about bravery a little bit. It's kind of about doing good work. You know, that's what they're doing. That's what I know you aspire to do. That's like kind of part of your problem is you want to be good at what you do. To be glorified. Well, maybe, but you also really like know it's edifying for people. I mean, these guys are watching your shows when they're in a dangerous place. Yeah, that feels good, them recognizing that I do good work. That makes me feel glorious. (laughs) Okay, well... That's all I got. I well, how many, I, I, I know, mean, I... How many writers do you think uh, say they do it to be glorified? You're right. I am special. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> I owe it to the world to share my worldview. Um, well, uh, it's, I, think, I think it's about time for us to wrap up. I, I, thank you guys so much for coming in here. And... Uh, uh, and thank you, Ivan. Is Ivan still here? Uh, and thank you, Joel, for... Yeah. yeah. I, Joel at one time went to the Iraq of making his own fucking TV show where he sat with the fucking robots and made fun of movies. Like, that was not a runway laid out for you. That was, uh, that was brave. Yeah, I don't have the problem. <laughs> I know I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta... 
You get to plug anything. Speaking you want. of bravery, I have to be shameless. Brandon and I have a podcast starting on August 16th. Oh, what? Uh, it's called Cracked Gets Personal. Yeah. We talk about doctors talking about stories of people shoving stuff up their butts. It's really lewd. People who killed people. Uh, all sorts of great stuff. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. It sounds like it's not on uh, Feral Audio, so you should be aware that it probably it's not. funds ISIS uh, <laughs> it does. some indirect It does fund ISIS. And we have a documentary on Indiegogo, The Fixers. Uh, there's, a bunch of, there's a trailer up right now and a bunch of footage. If you want to donate, I'll smile at you in my soul, but not in person probably, because I will not know who does that. Yeah. Uh, I remember Sarah Hill's name. She uh, she helps us with the show. I always forget to thank her, Chris Baruff. Thank you, oh, uh, shit. Steve Levy. Blah blah blah. Uh, I uh, but I also want to thank the Kickstarter supporters that came here from uh, from the thing that we were at that helped the MST thing. Cause, yeah, uh, the whatever. MST Kickstarter backers are in the house. Did we did we start some shit for you by talking about Indiegogo? No. Is that going to start a problem? Is it yeah, no. we're, we're Kickstarter people. No, there's no, no, no. That's, I, 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 I serve no one. I, 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 not even myself. I, I, I'd be rich by now. I shit my MeUndies. Can, uh, can I tell you something? I quit watching cartoons because I thought they were all shitty, and then I saw Rick and Morty. Oh, thank you. Cartoons you know, uh, are shitty, man. Uh, Joel, Joel came up to me at the top of the dinner tonight and told me he loves Rick and Marty. <laughs> I deserved it. I mean, I was kind of burping while I said that. I know it's Rick and Morty, man. I've been to the, I've watched a season and a half. See, I did it right there. Are you going to get mad because I said half wrong? It's half, not half. I somehow feel like I'm landed in a, in a, in a cage where I, I, I have to. I have to end the show with a rap. With a rap. Yes. Yes. And you have so much Middle East to talk about. Oh shit! I don't think they're ready. What do you mean? I don't think they're ready. Are you guys ready? What are you talking about? I don't think they're ready. Oh shit! They what do you mean ready. they're not ready? They what are you talking about? This, man. Yeah. Don't do it, man. Hurt they feelings. Ready? A, B, C, D. Come on. E, F, no, G, ready. H, I, they What's J, this, man? K, What's this? L, M, N. Oh no. Oh shit! When a brother can't get a break, I'm gonna fuck your mama so hard she thinks my dick's a rake. Gonna, gonna take the leads from the front yard. Fuck her hard. Gonna go like a glass shot. Gonna be jagged, pointy, cut edges. I fucked your mom like my name was Benson and Hedges. Woo! It's a company that makes. Cigarettes, not shakes. Contact lenses? Wait, what? Cigarettes, not shakes. Oh, yeah. Yo. No more fucking mamas. Uh-uh. No more fucking mamas. Uh-uh. Middle East llamas? We're on town. <laughs> Iraq is here. Saudi Arabia. 
Fuck you, mama's labia. That's all right, Dan. It happens sometimes. Something that people understand. Yo, Brandon, you're looking pretty down. Take me to Red Town. Rap Town was great, but Harmon Town was better. It's tropically warm, no need for fucking sweaters. Everyone is hot, not just talking about looks. I'm talking about them motherfuckers be cooking up them forks. Uh, yup, 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 yup. I, I wanted to jump in because your energy excited me. But I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the same thing. I'm sitting down and you stand up. You got the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't think. Flow. Go down to the river. Your mom is a giver. She's not a taker. I'm booking a shiver with my heroin a quiver. Gonna take every shot. My oh, nose shit. got it's mucus gonna give you a lot. I got all the rhymes that you could ever need. I fucked your mama. No, I didn't. It's all right, B. Fucking dance. That's what we are. Remember, Dan? We fucking dance until doom. He dances like a baby, but maybe that's what you need. Okay? <laughs> Oh shit. Baby dance. Baby dance. Take a chance. He just shit his pants. Baby dance. Baby dance. He shit the meat undies. He didn't make no plans. Baby dance. Baby dance. Almost showed you his draw. Don't do it, Dad. Why isn't he out of breath? Because. He exercised six months ago. It's catching up to me now, though. I'm starting to feel my respiratory system slowing down. Oh, the lungs are labored. Oh, tapered. Um, okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna make the planet Earth sing. I'm gonna share my knowledge. Nothing rhymes with that. College. <sighs> College. College rhymes with that. Sting knew that. Here we go. Ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper. Burn your skin like leper. Don't, no, don't. One, two, three, five. Lumber. I gotta get out of my head. Just give me a second. Flow. Don't, don't preconceive. Just let me empty my head. No words. No words in my head. Hallelujah. Okay, hold on. Empty. All right, just hold on. Someone with an empty head wouldn't say empty. Just holy cow. Okay, wrapping. Okay, just give me a second. Don't fucking judge art. I'm trying to do something real and you're... 
you're waiting where you're like, why doesn't it sound like Will Smith? Because it's not packaged for you. Because what you're experiencing is real. This is the shit that ends up in a Will Smith song. It's called art. Give me a second. Stop judging. One. Paleo diet. We should try it. It's just oranges and veggies. What are we worried about? Are we not ready? What if refined flour and sugars cause boogers? What if caveman had it right? What if everything dietarily was learned the night we discovered to take two sticks and turn them into flame? What if Michael Douglas knew it was a game? Whoa. What if Sean Penn was wrong? What if that movie only took place in a song sung by Vishnu? Oh, I wish you knew that reference, but you didn't stay in Indian high school. Didn't mean to judge, just want to dance and budge. Eating fudge and sugar in my blood. Cholesterol's too high, Elmer Fudd. It's wabbit season. Salt and pepper, two kinds of seasons. Also summer and fall. Fuck your mama till she was less tall. Okay, let's thank our guests in Brandon and uh, Joel Hodgson. Thank you. Chris Baroff, Steve Levy, uh, Zach McKeever, Sarah Hill. Who's your bartender? I think he gives you drinks and they're free right now, so probably too late to tip them. I think we'll be back next week. Go to the Middle East! Yeah! Plane tickets are cheap. But seriously, it is a good vacation much for coming out to Harmontown. Once again, please, a warm round of applause for the guests this evening. We've had so much fun. Good night, Burbank. We love you. Thank you, Spencer. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. 
You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. 